What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Big Cast, episode 268. I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, and we are back with the full Fantastic Four. It's been three weeks since the four of us have been back together, so I'm looking forward to this one. We have the whole crew here. We've got Mahomes, McKinnon, Juju, Kelsey. Juju's gone. He's gone. Juju's gone. Forget Kel- gone. Forget Juju. Um, uh, and whoever Tony, else is on the shirt. Tony and Pacheco. And Kelsey. And Kelsey. Yep. Kelsey. All right. And Swift, apparently. Yeah. And Swift on the back. Like <laughs> How we doing, Mr. Rodriguez? I'm good, man. Good. Ready to go. It's a nice, nice day outside. The weather's been awesome. <clears throat> it is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, Fantastic. And I'm in here inside talking to you guys. Yeah. What talking about video games. That's what we yeah. do. That's what we do. Yeah. Perfect. I'm actually missing, no joke, I'm missing a big car show this morning I was going to go to with my son. They were like, yeah, it's from 9 a.m. through lunchtime. I was like, well, can't go to that. It's All a right. short window, man. Yeah, Sacrifice. <laughs> Sacrifice for you guys. For you guys. Mr. Hogue is back from a 5K, my friend. How'd it go? It went okay. Yeah, we made it. It went 5K. It went 5K. Yep. <laughs> I was starting us early. Good. Good to have you back. Glad it went well. Um, ready to talk some games, including Paleo Pines, I think. Maybe. We'll get a try. We got a lot of stuff on the old Hoag's notes. <laughs> oh, no. Hoag's notes are back already. <laughs> yeah, two weeks worth. Two weeks of Hoag's notes. Yeah, two and <laughs> the Thai guy himself is here, fresh off of no sleep and a Lords of the Fallen review that he can't even talk about this week anyway. So how we doing, my friend? I am doing great, McClunky, everyone. Glad to be here. And yeah, I just finished the Lords of the Fallen review last night. So good to have that done. Wrapped. I'm off to the next thing, which who even knows what that's going to be at this point. There's a few things I might review. Nice. Return nice. to Moria. The the the, 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 the Lord Minecraft of the Rings. Lord of the Rings game. Minecraft Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Or oh, Deep okay. Galactic or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's like that one. Deep Rock uh, I, Galactic. I Deep Rock Galactic, yeah. I wish it was deep stone to go out. That's a different game. All right. Uh, yeah, that's me. Though. That's good. Good times. I like to imagine Travis finishes all his reviews at three in the morning. I do. That's, that's actually probably not pretty accurate. Yeah. 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 I'm like known for messaging like everyone in the Slack channel, IGN Slack channel, just being like, hey guys, for tomorrow morning, I'm going to go to sleep for three hours and then I wake up and I start working on the edits. So, yeah. yeah. I remember when we were doing Diablo with, uh, with Ben, it was like, it's like 2.30 a.m. my time. I was like, dude, I'm crashing. Like, I got to get to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, happens. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon in the chat. Uh, good to see everyone. As always, we're kicking off with a couple member comments, some gifted memberships, and a Google Men super chat. Let's go ahead and get to it right out of the <laughs> gate. Man, always throwing me off. I don't know why. Happens every week. All right, uh, Google me with the five euros. I pledge for the creation of a Criterion Collection type deal for video games, and would love to hear more about uh, the Walters, Travis uh, Pepper Jerky. Yeah, Pepper Jerky, uh, yeah, it's delicious. Googleman is talking about the Alters. That was probably uh, autocorrect, um, which I'm happy <laughs> to talk about. Um, it's on my it's on my list of things to talk about this week. Um, so if if uh, you guys didn't see, I did a I did a couple of previews this week, but one of them was about a game called The Alters, which mm-hmm. is a super interesting like survival game where uh, you are a um, 
space faring person who gets uh, marooned on a planet and when the sun rises on that planet you will be burned alive and die because it's a planet with a really close sun um yeah. and so in order to survive because you're the only crew member of this down ship you have to use a um, unpredictable technology to make clones of yourself and then work with different versions of yourself to pilot the ship and, and basically like move it along the planet's surface long enough to be rescued. Um, and as you clone yourself, you find out that each of your clones is actually a different version of yourself when you made a different life decision. And so they're all slight, they have different careers. So you find one who uh, stayed home with his family and became a, a minor like his dad and rather than a, a space traveler. So that, that one helps you get mining technology. You find one who, you know, excelled in college and didn't focus on uh, meeting your wife, just basically focused on academics and became a scientist. And there are all these different versions of your future self and they all have really annoying problems and personality that you have to, negotiate so it's like a, it's got social links but all the social links are with different versions of you right and so one of them is like lost his arm the miner lost his arm and he's addicted to opioids and so you have to like deal with that all the time and all these all, all this other stuff it was a really cool um premise and it combines a, a hodgepodge of different uh game it's like got survival components because you're trying to like collect resources and maintain your ship it's got social link elements it's got uh, like kind of the, the, where you can dive into your life path and see all the different versions of yourself that exist and choose which ones to clone and stuff. So <laughs> it's a very weird, uh, weird and, and interesting game. Um, the demo was completely hands off, which tells me it's probably still a ways out. It probably will be like end of year next year would be my guess, or maybe even later if it gets delayed. Um, but the premise was weird enough to where I definitely, uh, you know, hit Hogue up and was like, yo, you should check out the game. This is a weird, weird sci-fi uh, with some cool uh, story elements. So, um, yeah, uh, if you if you have at all an interest in science fiction, check out my preview. Um, and uh, we don't have uh, any video footage we can show of that one. They were, they were not allowing anybody to record any of the stuff. So I can't really show you anything, but I can talk about it and cool. tell you what I think about it in the early stage. So. It's cool. That's that sounds that sounds pretty crazy. As soon as you said uh, uh, clones of yourself, uh, I was reminded of the old Michael Keaton movie Multiplicity, which is hilarious. Great movie. And, Great yeah, movie. Yeah. If you've never seen that, look it up. It is comical. I'm Great. sure that was an inspiration because uh, they yeah. yeah they have it's 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 a pretty uh, funny funny. Film. <laughs> awesome, Googleman. Thank you very much. Pepper jerky is delicious. We got a couple member comments as well. I'm going to get to fish string my racing. Uh, buddy from our Discord, I'll catch up later. Just had to say Forza is back. You damn right it is. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of Forza here shortly. Uh, so we'll get to that. Rain Man, YYC. Hey, all from Calgary, Alberta. Look up how many game dev studios are in Alberta sometime. Um, I actually okay. know this. Will do. Canada, Canada is um, <laughs> surprisingly the second largest. Uh, I think they have 12% of game devs are in Canada. Uh, I, th I think the United States is over over forty percent now, um, but Canada is is surprisingly large. Uh, yeah, I, I think Alberta is the first or second most populous city in Canada when it comes to game devs. It's like California and San Francisco Bay Area is like number one by a lot, and then 
uh, other parts of the U.S. and then Canada. So I was gonna say Austin's lots, gonna lots be of, there too. I'm sure. Yeah, lots of game devs in uh, in Canada. Cool. Also, Very also cool. Travis's number one vacation destination. No. Uh, yeah. 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 Sure. No. Little known fact. No. 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 <laughs> no. Thank you. <laughs> and my relationship um, with Canada is fraught. I'm sure viewers will remember. <laughs> <laughs> also want to shout out uh rain man uh gifted five memberships over on hogue laws side of the house thank you very much for that rain man love to see it and of course i've got a shout out vintage willow who has gifted 10 memberships over on the sg side of the house as uh she does almost every week uh always incredible thank you very much vintage and then it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I'm super appreciative just because, as I've said many times, we don't do ads. We don't do monetization. We don't do anything other than Super Chats and memberships at Season Gaming, including the site. So um, that really does help us out a lot. So thank you. Uh, and then, of course, Against the Tide with a new AI getting us ready for Forza this week with our racing selves. What do we think? The Mine looks way too racing? realistic. It is racing. I thought it was Star Wars when I saw this for the first time. Yeah, Ains looks like he's in an X-Wing. Uh, <laughs> I'm going yeah, down, I mean, guys. I'm I mean, getting I killed any moment. Hogue looks like he just hit the NOS in a Fast and Furious movie with that background there. <laughs> it looks like the, he's in Speed Racer. Yeah, Speed Racer. Dan <laughs> looks hilarious with, like, no facial hair, which uh, I... I, I yeah, it's weird. Did, did the AI literally just make me Ains with glasses and a bigger nose? <laughs> <laughs> I also like that you have glasses from like the 80s. Yeah. yeah. yeah fantastic. I mean, that's that's kind of accurate. So <laughs> just threw a helmet uh, right on you. Yeah, yeah. We're racing in space, I guess. Dan it's looks kind of like mix. it's his uh it's his last race before retirement, and he's gonna throw the race <laughs> to, to provide for his family. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like biting his biting his gritting his teeth and doing what he needs to do to keep his family fed, you know. <laughs> well, it was just one more, one more, yeah, one more. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh man, Tide, you're awesome. Thank you so much as always. Cracks me up every time. All right. <laughs> All right. Why don't we get into uh, the games we've currently been playing? Uh, we'll get to Forza and Assassin's Creed Mirage here shortly, um, but I'm sure we've got uh, plenty of other games to talk about. Um, I will kick us off uh, briefly with just because I know there's probably not a ton of interest, but NHL 24 is out. It is a tradition, one of the traditions for me to play uh, the NHL game every year, although I haven't played every year, but I am playing this year. Um, my good buddy in real life um, got it's the first time we're playing together in three years because he had kids and, you know, kids take over your life. So uh, it's kind of a good time just getting together with buddies and playing it. The new NHL game created a team. I created Ted Lasso in the game, who's my player. Um, you know, it's it's good fun. So NHL is out. It's pretty good. A lot of changes this year compared to last year. So if you are one of those people that plays NHL or likes uh, hockey, uh, check it out. It's uh, probably one of the biggest improvements in the past few years for sure. So that's pretty cool to see. That's good to hear. It's always difficult to figure out when to jump on the longstanding sports franchises. Yeah, it's like you got to if you pick one up every three years, you may see some changes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we played 21. I played 22 super briefly. Didn't really there wasn't much different 23 from I haven't played. But everything I read was that they basically just put 23 out with minor changes because they worked for two years on the changes for this year. Uh, and there's a new game director. There's a new creative director. So uh, this is the first time that I've seen in quite a few number of years, there's some actual significant changes 
to the functionality to try and make it more like uh, a real hockey game, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So nice. What else are we playing, boys? What you got? Um, I was playing uh, Cyberpunk. I'm very close to getting to the DLC after starting my new uh, playthrough. Awesome. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, obviously, I've been playing Lords of the Fallen. I'm like 45 hours. I've played 45 hours of that game, but I cannot talk about it at all. Uh, that will change on the 12th, four days from now. So not too long. Um, and I will have lots to say about that on the next show. Um, and then I did not My most anticipated up. game the rest of the year. Don't let nice. me down. Um, yeah. And then I, I, I mean, I can't say anything. I can't comment, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. but, uh, yeah, uh, I did not get to boot up Mirage. Mirage. I really Mirage. wanted to play it. Mirage. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't done it yet, but, uh, I, I did download it and I'm ready to, ready to go on that one. Um, and then the other uh, game I previewed this past week, wait, did we talk about high on knife? Was that last week? You that... mentioned it last week, but you haven't talked about the actual review. I don't. Believe. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll talk about that as well. Sorry, I'm like a, on a few weeks delay on the show. It's weird. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, I I uh, I also previewed Frostpunk too. Do you guys? Did any of you guys play the first Frostpunk? Is it really? Sure, no, but I, I am aware of it. What'd you say? Dan? Yeah. I saw I played a little bit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The first Fro Frostpunk is really really good. Um, the sequel, which I, I got to check out, and another one that they didn't let me record. It has the same publisher, so I think this is just their strategy right now. Um, is uh, it, it? It's sort of like an expansion on Frostpunk. So for the viewers who didn't play Frostpunk, it's sort of like a uh, a city building simulator where you're the last city on Earth as Earth is overtaken by like the new ice age and it threatens to kill everything. And so you have to build a little city around like the last fire on earth it's like a, a industrial fire that they're they're burning um and a lot of the game is you trying not to freeze to death basically um the sequel takes place after the worst of the apocalypse has happened and you're now building from that little circular hub city out into the rest of the world and expanding and it's more of a society simulator so the headline for my preview was less frost and more punks because it's really about like not it's not as much about surviving the frost apocalypse as it is about surviving the fact that humanity is now kind of coming back to life and it threatens to destroy itself as it often does in uh, nihilistic sci-fis like this one um so yeah uh it's a it's it's a pretty interesting um uh little game there and uh, it's got like lots of tough decisions where you have to decide if children should be forced to work in the mines or go to school and there's consequences based on uh, which one you choose in different factions. You sent them to the mine, you. didn't you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, <laughs> I did. Yeah. 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 I did. Uh, the Get year to work. Uh, yeah. The, so uh, the playthrough was uh, specifically the scenario was um, how are you going to get, uh, grow food I think it was and one faction suggests you use chemicals and the other faction says well we relied on science of the past and it failed us so why don't we just use human waste and so I was like all right human waste that's worked for like 10,000 years let's use that and then when they when you use human waste then all of a sudden like people start getting sick and then you have to decide okay well Go figure yeah okay well do I do I want them to uh 
you know, just like, do I, what's my policy on like children's dying because of the waste plant nearby and stuff like that. And, you know, different factions start to like you or hate you. And so it's, it's a pretty, it's one of those cool, like, you know, society building, what is a good way to build a society type games. And then your decisions impact the, the way that humanity develops. So it's kind of interesting. Nice. Anyway, I did, I did a preview on that, and then I guess the final one I'll talk about is uh, High on Knife, which is a uh, expansion for the uh, comedy shooter for Hope's uh, Game of the Year uh, twenty twenty two. I believe twenty twenty two. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I read and it, all of Travis's review. Nothing convinced me that I will like the DLC any more than I like the original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Certainly, if you didn't like the original, uh, you will not like the DLC. But even if you did like the original, which I did, I think people remember I gave it an eight. I, I quite liked that game. Um, the DLC, I gave a six out of 10, which at IGN is okay. Uh, it's fine, but it is a two hour expansion that is, it was basically over and abruptly rolled credits in kind of a weird way. Uh, right when I feel, felt like I finally remembered all the controls and mechanics from the game, because there's kind of a lot of them, right? You have to remember the, the trick holes uh, of each gun, and uh, it's called a trick hole, Dan. Don't give me those eyebrows. I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, it's about and, that level uh, of humor, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, uh, the the character they choose to, um, to uh, focus on is a uh, like a, a, a bloodthirsty knife who, you know, that joke is kind of worn thin. So um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I can staunchly recommend it. If you really are looking for more reasons to play, it certainly gives you that, but it's a very uh, small amount of content. And uh, I don't know, I'd kind of hope for more after nine months and I hope their next expansion, I, ho I hope they keep building in the game, obviously, but I hope the next expansion has a little more um, meat on the bones, maybe does some more creative stuff. Uh, than this one does it does have a very cool new gun which is like a pinball gun that you you basically turn the game into a game of pinball and it's it's trick hole ability is that it shoots out bumpers and then you can shoot the pinball and it just bounces between the enemies and the bumpers and makes cool pinball noises as it blows up so um yeah it's it's got some some cool stuff in it but uh you know for 10 bucks and two hours of your time i'm like eh, i don't know you take it or leave yeah. it really yeah expansion that's two hours long is kind of uh uh, yeah. yeah it reminds me of those borderlands campaigns that used to come out in the borderlands two days that were over like real quick you know like you do like four or five missions and you were like oh that's it but, uh, yeah it's like they always ramped up like they do four expansions but the first two were like super short you know yeah, like yeah. they were building towards the later one yeah. um uh so Thank you for that, Travis. Uh, Sard asked a good, good question in the chat. I'm going to plant in your guys' head, and we can maybe discuss it a little later. She said, as we approach Game of the Year, I have a question for y'all. What is a game that could have been on your Game of the Year list if it had one change, and what change would that mm. be? So put that in the back of your head. Start to think through that, and we'll maybe touch that later. For now, I'm going to jump over to Forts a little earlier because we have a special guest today, which I didn't tell you guys about. And I am bringing oh. him on... So that he basically what he told me in DMs prior to the show is that Travis is opinions on most things, Destiny included, but most things are pretty terrible. And he is here to counter all of those opinions. And is Mr. Abantis. Good morning, sir. How we doing? He's right about that for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. well, he's on mute, so he's off to a good start. Yeah, I'm muted, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say sorry, Travis. You gotta see me twice in one week. My apologies. Oh. <laughs> Man, 
I thought I killed you. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. Yeah, good morning, man. So, um, guys, I, uh, Avantis and I have been uh, having some laughs going back and forth on Forza in some Rivals events. And uh, we were talking a lot of Forza. And I said, you know, I'm talking to review. I know that the three of you hadn't really played Forza or aren't too interested. So since I'm talking about the review, I figured I'd bring Avantis on for that. I'm interested. Yeah, talk a little bit I just, about I, it. So. I'm interested a lot. I love Forza. I just don't have a review copy, so I have not played it. Not played it yet. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's true too. The VIP or the premium edition's out right now, but the full game doesn't launch until Tuesday, which is very fair. So, um, yeah, I know. Early access, man. What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, Seems to be the Game Pass model. So, uh, yeah, it seems more and more developers. I saw some of the guys, the analysts, you know, who do the MPD and stuff saying that uh, by and large, the paid early access is working well and making extra money so you can expect more and more publishers to do it why wouldn't you Um, take extra money from people who can't wait four days it's it's stupid yeah yeah let me ask you a question i expect devs to love it but i was gonna say would you rather do that though get a little bundle up front and not have to deal with like battle passes or other things like that and just get your whole game once or would you rather do the long term I refuse to answer that question because devs will do both, and you know they will. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I they're, mean, they're already in an doing both. World, yeah. you could hope. <laughs> Hell, Diablo isn't... Four did early access, battle pass, and paid cosmetics. My problem isn't as yeah, and much. It has five hundred Twitch viewers. <laughs> My problem isn't as much with the practice of charging people extra money to play early. I do think it's scummy, but that's not my big problem. My big problem is with the insistence that the game is not out yet when anybody off the street can buy it and play it and they developers and publishers are using that a lot like a cudgel to be like oh yeah you know what you can't talk about the game and you know you can't publish a review until it's out officially five days after everyone has already bought it and started playing it and we've had to start saying at ign i i do not accept this embargo we'll just buy the game when it comes out in early access and then we're going to talk about it whenever we want and so that became a thing you know for like payday three we published our review uh we rejected the embargo and we just bought it in early access and i had my review up before the game was out but it just seems a little scummy that anybody off the street can buy it and they're like oh no the game's not out yet it doesn't come out until you know next friday and you're like dude it's out you're selling it for money and letting people play it yeah. it's out yeah you know? so agreed. that's yeah, that's that my issue with it is the, the marketing bullshit agreed agreed but anyway um so on to forza so uh yeah this was um as i've said one of my most anticipated reviews of the year probably my most anticipated uh i have a lot of time into the game already i want to say 45 ish maybe 50 hours or so um put a lot in for the review obviously i ended up giving it an eight which uh on sg scale means kind of superb um but it also means, right, that I had a few qualms with it. Um, I think the interesting thing about Forza is, if you're not aware, right, this is kind of like a reboot. Like, they took the time to step back, rebuild all the systems for the game, many of them from the ground up, and relaunch, if you will, with this kind of new platform for the future. And what I say in my review is, they did that very successfully in the sense of the racing aspects of it. Uh, the tracks are probably the best I've seen in a racing game in terms of recreation of the real thing. Uh, I would say I've compared them side by side, one to one, 
literally switching back and forth between the games, I say they do a better job than Gran Turismo 7. And Gran Turismo 7 is a beautiful game um, from a track perspective. Uh, I think that the new physics modeling, the tire modeling, the way the cars handle, the different options for kind of like uh, in-cockpit, out-of-cockpit views, FOV, sliders, uh, AI, the machine learning AI, you know, from a CPU perspective is very strong that you can adjust as well. Um, it's got an intelligent penalty system. So if you're really into racing in multiplayer or online, um, it's got kind of intelligence behind the penalty system and rankings there. So, you know, that kind of uh, is important when you're racing in multiplayer. And I think just generally, it's really well built. Um, where I started to get hung up is if you like circuit racing and the car selection and the track selection, you're going to be in great shape and, and probably love this game. And I do. I love the game to death. But I have to call out that um, it's also a little light on some of the tracks you would expect. Um, now they are releasing those every month going forward. So we're back into the live service model of delivery, right? Um, so I expect that that's going to just get better and better. But it also has uh, no, <laughs> nothing else from a player perspective. So it's, it's very strange in the sense that when you go through the menus, there's no player profile page. There's no stat tracking. There's no statistics of the races you've done or best times on tracks or uh, any comparison for your friends to look at outside of like leaderboards and rivals, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but there's there's no like meat beyond the racing itself, um, which I think they probably live service. They probably just ran out of time. And I realize that sounds crazy as long as the game's been in dev, but with everything they've built and how impressive it is. And if you start to think about all the different systems at play, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, so, but I think from like a track perspective, a, a car kind of um, ma not management, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the way the cars feel, the way the racing feels is incredible. Uh, the weather system is dynamic. The it, part of it. Yeah. yeah. The time of day system is dynamic. And when you combine the like track design, with the car feel, with the time of day, with the weather system all together, it's phenomenal. It's incredibly well done. Um, but we can't ignore that the game in other areas is feature light, right? You just can't. Um, so I think this is another instance where there's an incredible game here. There's an incredible foundation here, but it definitely will be a better game in time, right? It'll have more tracks, more content, more player stuff, etc. And that's fine because I'll be playing it for a long time. Um mm -hmm. Abantus, before we get to the joking about the rivals piece, um, what uh, what are your thoughts overall on the game? Because I know you've put a lot of time into it so far as well. I've seen your player level. I know you're up there. Um, what do you what do you liking or not liking about it? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to be like a huge diversion of opinions either. I think we've talked some about this a little bit in Twitter DMs and things like that. But um, about 60 hours so far that I've been racing, I'm with you. Like, like I've recorded my intro to my review like way too many times, but I played, I mean, Need for Speed Underground 2, Rock and Roll Racing, Off-Road. I played like racing games off and on forever. And then, you know, you kind of make that transition where you're like, I want to do something a little bit more. Gran Turismo comes out on PlayStation. Try the first one or two. Four is a three. Basically is when I stopped playing Gran Turismo. That was okay. the one. And then since then, I don't remember exactly what about that entry did it. But I know that's when I, I've, I typically lean more PlayStation, but for racing, Forza's been it. Like, that's the one okay. that I'm, I'll almost buy an Xbox for that alone. And it was Forza, and we'll talk about rivals between you and I, but it was, I think, five. <laughs> because 
me and two of my really good friends just growing up, there was a point where we still connected on Forza 5 going through. It was the Mustang rival, like Ghost Rivals, just like we were doing. And then there was a Ferrari. And I can't remember what courses they were on, but the Mustang was on Laguna Seca. So, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's a fun course. But I was like, I mean, it's those little moments where we were kind of trading those. And I've actually taken, I had a previous car that I took on a road course like 10 to 12 times. I forget the exact amount. So I've done this part in real life some too. Not professionally. I'm not like an expert or anything. But it still is, for me, there's nothing like that hobby. And then when you get to play this and then you start turning off some of the assists and feathering in the brakes mm -hmm. and getting in yeah. all those little pieces, it really brings back that feeling. Now I'm on like, I'm like this close to buying a steering wheel, a seat and pedals. I'm, <laughs> it's like sitting in my cart. Like, <clears throat> well, the thing was, cause I was telling Travis, we, we started a fund. We started a fund on his show. Yeah, literally on the last word podcast. <laughs> I was joking about this at the end of the show. And then all of a sudden he does like a super chat. And then there were like six more that came in. So it was like, they're almost like pushing me to do it anyway. So I was very like humbled by that for a second. But um, yeah, I, the seat that I was telling you wasn't in stock. That I was like, oh, it's like, I want the wheel, but the seat's not in stock. The seat came back in stock. So now I have no excuse. <laughs> so I'm like, it may happen today. So I'm just trying to make sure I do the right thing. You um, got your funds too. Yeah. You got, so, you got you part of the way there, buddy. I mean. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then I've kind of looked on like, okay, this credit card, pay with PayPal. That's just like make it as beneficial <laughs> as possible. Um, but it's been, but the reason I'm thinking about that is because how the game feels. And I think you nailed yeah. it. The driving experience when you get behind these cars and just the modern tour, just the first set of cars that you go through, it's like a Volkswagen Golf. You're like, all right, this feels like kind of a front wheel, little hatchback. And then you switch over and you get behind something else. And then you get to the M4. And then I'm now driving a Porsche that's actually got a little bit of understeer to it. I'm like, wait, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Getting weight off the front wheels. Got to make sure you're on the brakes. Every car kind of starts to feel the way I expect. And then being a Corvette lover, I get behind a Corvette. And I'm like, I'm loving my life right now. So it's <laughs> every car is feeling kind of how i would expect and then i turned on a thunderstorm in the rain on maple valley and i'm driving in a you know supercharged rear wheel drive corvette the butts you know sliding all over the place but i can feel like i can actually kind of control the slides if i play with it i don't feel like i've been able to do that in games and now maybe it's because i haven't been able i haven't been as up on the sim racing in a while but the way it feels and as you said the tires just the little tire squeaks that you're on the edge of traction and then when you mm -hmm. you know kind of have to recover all the little pieces, and that's what you said it perfect, is when you are driving, this game is probably one of the best at what it's doing. Now, it's not going to be an iRacing for um, certain levels of like feedback yeah, and not full some sim. accuracy. Yeah, it's not full sim. Yeah. It's not going to be your $30,000 rig. But I mean, if you want to get a wheel and pedal, whatever level, and you want to get into a racing game that's going to give you a lot, this is going to give you an amazing driving experience. So I'm with you there. Yeah. Um, I did end up giving it the same thing in my head before, um, like you said, yours. It's a, it's an eight to me too, because it is a great. The it is the beginning of an amazing platform. It's the best yeah. way I can phrase it, because yeah. as you said, the tracks are a little light. I mean, you've got Yas Marina coming next month. They yeah. aren't saying what's coming in December. The Nurburgring Nordschleife that's coming in spring, spring of twenty four. So I was like, I mean, that's yeah. six months away, and that's yeah. like an iconic track. And there could be some in the middle. And they said there's not always going to be tracks, but there are some that you would kind of expect to be there. But as you said, they rebuilt it from the ground up. They rebuilt every track surface. All the tires now have eight contact patches instead of like one or two. So it's so much more accurate. And that's where the kind of the offering is a little light. But also it's like if you're looking for 
coming from a Forza Horizon and you're looking for drag or jumps or drifting. None of that's there. This is you in a car going around road courses, mastering that. That's what this game is. And if that's what you're yep. looking for, it is going to deliver. Now, where I have fun and I've lost hours and hours, thanks to partially this guy up here on the screen, <laughs> uh, is Rivals. And I think that's the most hilarious thing to do because you could have a rival hundredth of a second apart or less. I've had them even closer. And I can yep. tell you those two drivers take every turn a different way. And it is hilarious to watch because... I might be good at the first two turns, and then all of a sudden he catches up to me in the next two. I'm horrible at this one, but I can gain him on the end. And you're like, <laughs> how are we that close? And then there's the people who are three seconds ahead of us. Who yeah, all, yeah. Who do the, it all right. No. We're going, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, for me, the driving experience is amazing. The tours are going to be a little light. I do think the live service will multiplayer. The constant circuits that they're going to do, there's a race every 20 or 30 minutes, depending on which circuit you like, which I really like. Do some practice. Get a feel for which tire you think you want to run. Jump into the race. And then, as you said, the penalty system is really smart. Uh, it's going to take, I mean, I listened to Cog's interview, and it's like the 15 seconds before, 15 seconds after. It's going to mm -hmm. calculate, did you just go barreling into a car just to try and make a turn? Or did you nudge somebody and kind of do a little, like, you know, rubbing his race in kind of line? And mm -hmm. did that actually not make that much of a difference? And then there's no penalty. I think that's a really smart system to incentivize better multiplayer races because that's what you hear yep. about in other racing games that it's going to be just a mess tires flying all over the place i heard about before just ramming people off the road so you can make a turn <laughs> they're gonna penalize you pretty hard for that you go off the track multiple times it's like six seven i had an 11 second penalty just to see how bad it would be like you're gonna have some major penalties so if you want to go full sim it's going to incentivize you to do that, which I really, really Yeah, and like. if you hit multiple people during a race, like repeatedly, it'll actually boot you from the race. Oh, I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Oh, I, I could never, I I could never play it. this game. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. So, well, you can, I, remember, you can turn, this is like if you're playing Sim. You can turn yeah. penalties off, you can turn all that off. But if you're playing in competitive multiplayer with real players, yep. it mm -hmm. does full rules, meaning you have to play by the rules. Yep, yeah, no worries here then. All is right. that a real yeah. rule in actual... Racing? absolutely you oh, yeah okay. you can get penalized and taken out of the race yeah yep. yeah yeah they'll black how do they take a car out of the race they black flag you and black flag you, you gotta that's what black pin. flag means that they get black <laughs> flagged is to be removed they, they shoot out your I mean, tires. How, how do they get you out of the race if you <laughs> yeah. don't want to uh, okay if you want to have any well, career ever again you pull off the track <laughs> otherwise you're going to be expelled from yeah the otherwise uh yeah you may never race again yeah sounds like they're afraid of my power that's right. Like, if you're just gonna, if you're gonna run around and do destruction derby, yeah, you're probably gonna end your career. Have fun one time, kind of thing. This is yeah. why nobody should respect authority. Like, look at them; they think yeah. they can control you. They, they do, yeah, they do. If you want a career, you know that sounds like Travis's take on laws. <laughs> but yeah, but, so um, yeah, I, I uh, pretty much with you on most of what you said. I think we're on on board. It's like a good start, and I can't. I think I was I would say it's an eight now, and then I could see a year from now it's like nine easy later easy. on. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think the racing guy, like I put in technical prowess, which is one of those things we measure like nine and a half, because like everything yeah. it's doing is incredible. Um, it just needs more meat. That's all. Um, the funny thing is, um, so the nice thing, a couple things to shout out is um, yeah, someone in the chat reminded me. So Maddie and Cog on defining Duke, apparently Maddie called out that my review is the definitive review. Uh, nice. And that if everyone, you know, anyone who, uh, you know, is interested in Forza should check out my review. So I want to shout out Maddie for that because that's super appreciative. And, you know, they're a big show. So 
that might explain why my review is doing so well in terms of numbers, <laughs> which is great. Awesome. Um, it's a really so thank- good review, Ains. I mean, I, I know Ains doesn't love to tout its own stuff, but <laughs> nope. it's one of my favorite reviews. I was already moving read. on. <laughs> it's one of my favorite reviews I've ever read, and it says so much stuff about racing games and the experience that I haven't even thought about for more than two seconds. So if you're interested at all, check out the review. It is fantastic. It's really long, too. It is long. Yes, thank you. My review um, is yeah, longer, and then I took it down because I wanted to redo it. I hadn't even seen yours yet, though, but now I don't even think I need to because we have the definitive <laughs> one out there. So It's uh, it's 20 minutes, and I could have said more, obviously. Um, but I think, what, what, I think one of the crazy things that occurred to me as I was reviewing this, and two things. One is that we've all heard who talk games like in Game of the Year conversations, in discussions just about games in general, you hear it's just a racing game, right? And as I as I reviewed this and really kind of dove into all the details, just think about this for a second, and I promise I won't try to spend too much time on this, but to get this game to feel the way it does, right? They had to go back and recreate all the real tracks that are in the game with this new 3D scanning technology, which goes down to like three millimeters or something. And that's every inch of the road. And you're talking about tracks that are miles long, right? So every single perspective, every undulation, every bump in the road where it can separate tire contact even for a split second is there, right? That's a start. Then they build an entirely dynamic weather system that has 17 different weather starting points, meaning it can start in like haze or fog or light clouds or light drizzle or heavy rain or thunderstorms. And then it's dynamic. So that changes over the course of the rain over the course of the race, excuse me. And that's one aspect. And then they build the cars. So you've got several hundred cars that are all different weights, dynamics, tire sizes, power, engine layouts, drivetrains, all these you know minute differences, right? And you got to get those to feel accurate and uh, realistic, right? And then you've got to build in a penalty system that's intelligent to try and understand what every car on the track is doing, why it did it, was it intentional or not intentional, right? Then you have to build in machine learning AI for the CPU to act like real racers. So they have to know how to get around the track properly, what lines to take, how to avoid other players. And you you just add all these layers up and you start to think about how much work and dev time probably went into all these different aspects to get the completed product that it is. And this is not just true of Forza, right? But other racing games as well. And it's just like, um, it's really, really impressive. So I think like I always hated that phrase. It's just a racing game because I know how much work goes into them. But playing this and really digging into it is just like that's such an insulting comment to that team. I mean, how much work they put in to do what they've done here. Um, the second thing I was going to say is uh, it, and I think you mean I think you mean that it's a uh, racing slash sports game. Means. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I hate that. That's my least favorite thing about the rewards. They just made a category for all the games they don't like, and they yeah, it's like oh, you don't have a story. Racing. Yeah. yeah, you're over here. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, Rob in the chat asked me about PC versus Xbox performance. So I played a healthy amount on both. I actually still play on both. Um, I play it at max everything on my PC. Um, it's beautiful, runs super well. Um, two things to call out on PC though. One, it still caps at 60 FPS, even in the uncapped mode for whatever reason. And it has this weird bug that I'm literally working with turn 10 on right now, where once in a while your frame rate will cut in half. So like you'd be racing 60, 60, 60, all of a sudden it's 30 and it's 30 for like 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. And then it goes back to 60. 
which is very strange, right? And if you're in the middle of a competitive race, that's a problem. Um, so I'm working with them on that. They're trying to figure out I had to do benchmarking and all that to, to give to them. Uh, on the Series X, I've also played a lot. It is beautiful. It runs exceedingly well, and I have had no issues on the Series X. It has three modes, performance, performance ray tracing, and quality mode. Um, I usually play in either performance or performance ray tracing. I can't do 30 FPS in a racing game. Um, but it runs very well, no issues. So I would say don't be afraid. Like, don't think PC is the... Um, it's like light years ahead of Xbox. Sure, it's sharper in a lot of details, right? But it's it looks fantastic and plays fantastic on Xbox as well. So, did you get your uh, video review done? By the way, did that work out? Yes, yes, I did. I worked. Uh, the video review has been up. It's doing very well. Um, Ray and I were talking this morning, actually. So the Sweet. we had a different editor for this video review. He did a fantastic job. Um, it was great to work with him, and um, yeah, it came out really well. I think so. Abantus. Yes. This morning, I dove did, in did you? with a cup of with a cup of coffee, and I was like, "I have I had twenty minutes. I had twenty minutes, and I'm like, there's no way I can beat him in twenty minutes because you know how long. Oh, how I many know. Laps you have to do. I got you by. Oh God. Six hundredths of a second, my friend. Uh, <laughs> and he had the screen ready. He's six, he had... six hundredths of a second. Yeah. So um, the funny thing as you look at this, right, is uh, Avantis and I have been going back and forth. We've traded top times, I think, five times now on this. Yeah, uh, yeah, the trades uh, are getting up there. Yeah, and I I honestly don't have much left in me. Uh, The interesting thing I wanted to call Avantis is Screamies, who's a buddy of mine. He is part of um, a Forza test group, and he is extremely fast. (laughs) So the fact that me and you are above him by a couple of cents. Yeah, it's impressive. And as you can see, the other people on my list are not even in the ballpark. No. It's just, so they don't sorry, even, Pong. They sorry, don't Sean Debris. Sorry, yeah. Butch. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's how competitive it gets, is that three guys are within, what, five-tenths of a second, um, having played hundreds of laps, literally hundreds of laps. So uh, if you beat me on that one, my friend, uh, I'm just going to let it go. You can have it. I'm going to retire. Um, I was like, I, but... I will have to put in some time and see. But yeah, if it gets up to another hour again, I'll, I'll do it and do it and break. That race, I think, will be around for a while. I will tell you the yeah. BRZ one. If you beat me on that one, I'm, I will let that go. because I'm already done. Days left. I'm not yeah. playing it anymore. <laughs> no, I can't stand driving that car. That is the funny thing about when I said all the cars are different. I'll drive that Corvette all day long. I don't care if it's in the rain. That BRZ... <laughs> i can't stand driving that car and i don't know why it's so bad it's one of those it's like it doesn't have that much power it's not that fast it's like a little stronger it's like a little stronger than miata but somehow the back end is also as loose as a corvette in the rain i'm like how how are you so bad i don't understand it's a mess yeah Uh, during the review period um chris asaki the creative director was in front of me on the leaderboard and i was like you know what i'm reviewing it i gotta beat him so i i took me like i don't know how many laps a lot yeah. a lot of laughs uh so. i did want to bring up one thing which was kind sure. of in my thoughts as i was kind of putting my review together my one main issue is the car upgrade system yes and the way the system is set up now now there are some pluses to it and i think i know what they're going for but there are definitely some minuses in my head because as you play through like you know we played 50 60 hours i have like 3 million credits at this point the credits are used to buy the cars and no car is really over about 450 grand. I haven't seen one more than that. No. So the right. car pricing is reasonable after you start playing for a while. And the more you play, you're like, hey, I want to go pick up a Bugatti. It's like, 
that's a million dollar plus car in real life it's only about 400 something in the in the game so you can pick up the cars and you can even rent them for a free race for zero dollars you don't even have to buy them but when it comes to upgrading a car so when you go for any of the tours you're going to pick a car and go through it and as you start you have say 300 car points i think that's just the currency they use travels will love my discussion over currency so that's always fun this is our destiny loathing um but you have 300 car points. And the issue that I have, there's two. One, when you start, there are a lot of things that are locked behind car levels. And the only way to get the car levels up is to spend time driving. There's no way. And I don't mind that to some extent. Like what Forza says is, hey, they want you to fall in love with these cars, get used to driving them around the track. And as you go, if you just buy a new car, strap every upgrade on it, and you're holding onto a rocket ship, you're probably not going to drive that well because you don't even know what it drives like in the first place. So I understand the idea of taking the stock car with like, you know, add an intake on there. Cool. Take your first race. Now you get a few more points, a couple levels up, and you do a little bit more and a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The problem is later on, now that if we get to a point where like, hey, I have 100 hours, let me go buy the, you know, Dodge Viper ACR race car and let me do a couple modifications. Nope, can't do that. I can't even do weight reduction or anything because it's still locked behind a level. And my main issues are the fact that the upgrades come at the exact same level for every car. Yep. So if you want to do weight reduction, it is level 20 on a Miata and an NSX prototype car. It is always going to be level 20 for weight reduction. So what I wish they would do, I'm kind of okay with the leveling. I wish there would be freedom in what you could pick because if the first thing I want to do on my Corvette was do set of like maybe brakes or maybe I want to do tire compound first thing, that would be nice if I had the points to do it, but I have to wait till level 11 to even see that as an option. So that is my one issue of upgrading the cars. Now, when you and I are doing rivals, it's a stock car. You don't touch it. So then by the time I'm done trying to beat your time, which I'm going to have to go do now. Thank you for that. Um, when I'm done with that, my car is going to be level 50 and I'm going to have everything available. Then I'm not going to worry about it. But as you're going through just the little progressions, I see kind of what they're going for. But later on down the road, I think that's where it's going to get to be really annoying in my head. Some yeah, of those. I agree with you. Um, I said in my review that one of my traditions um, is I buy an E36 M3 and a 944 turbo Porsche cars I own in real life and, you know, kind of raced and one of my traditions in every game like where the those cars are in the game is i buy them i modify them to make them just like my real life car and then i just go race them right around the track to get a feel because i know what those cars feel like um i can't do that in this game i'd have to buy them race them for a few hours each and then be able to upgrade them which is really annoying so i'm you buying you buying and racing cars you own in real life is a little bit like that episode of the office where Dwight plays second life and he makes his life exactly like his real life (laughs) (laughs) where he works at a paper company as an assistant manager. Yeah. He was trying to make second, second life. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, I like the, I like, the idea of car points and just buying yeah, cars you don't spend money and you can dabble with exactly. any upgrade turn them on turn them off doesn't cost you which i do like but oh, i like but they've got yeah. to remove it from the individual car for sure like they've got to fix something about that so i think yeah. they will that's the thing most people have complained about even since before the reviews the preview periods were complaining about that yeah. so i think they'll i think they'll change that over time i hope so so well live service game Yes, yeah. <laughs> live service game it is. As we it all is. know, there's two types of live service games that don't work out. There's those with foundational issues where the game itself just isn't fun to play. Let's call that the Babylon Falls of the world. 
and then <laughs> wow, there's... I had forgotten oh, about that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think that's. I, I haven't because that sounds like you're in a raft and it's like a waterfall yeah. simulator. <laughs> uh, I I have not forgotten about that game because I think about live service games a lot. Uh, and then there's what? the games no. that have a very good foundation that fail at the live service part. Let's call those the Halo Infinites. Don't you dare use yeah. Halo for that example. That's not a good example. He I said it played well. Prime example. He said failed in the live service. Oh, it did the first it year. Did fail in the yeah. it did the first failed year. in the live service part. It's a great game with a bad live service model. As opposed but to that's Destiny, not true anymore. Where- as opposed to Destiny, which is a bad game with a good live service model. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, uh, the uh, how confident are you guys? Do you have a sense that Turn Very 10 confident. can handle that sort of thing? Because I've not talked to anybody on their team, but I don't know about how their development team is structured. Do they have seasonal teams? Do they, they have... have- what so they? they already have a plan for there's a four minute video on like what their live content offering is going to be. And they've got spec rate. So even right now, there's a featured tour for single player and you go in, there's a tour of this. There's a series that's this week. Then there's a series that's next week. Then there's a series the week after that series the week after that. If you just complete all four series, you don't even think you have to win them. You're going to unlock the finisher series to get the accurate prototype, which I can't even remember all the letters that go in that one. That's just the <laughs> single player piece of it. Then for multiplayer, you've got spec races that are going to rotate through. There's like the GT and then I can't remember the name of the other one. There's two that are going to be there. And then prototype they're going to ro- prototype tour. So there's two are that are going to rotate that are, I think those are almost going to be staples. And there's others that are going to be rotating through. They're going to have yep. spotlight cars where right now, if you want to buy the BRZ, please don't. It's awful. Let it go. Uh, <laughs> you can buy it for sale, but you can also um, buy like, next week when the i can't i don't know what car that is that's coming up that's going to be spotlighted and discounted so if you do want to pick up a car and it's spotlighted for a specific tour or a rivals race like the viper is they're all discounted so there's incentive to kind of like go with whatever the featured race is the featured rival the featured this one the cars will be cheaper and then you're going to spend some time with those anyway and also they've got a plan for those there's a 30 car pack now that's one thing i did want to ask you about the premium bundle in my head, if you're going to play this game for an extended period of time, it's almost required yep. in my head because you get double the credits for every single race. You yep. get VIP entry to certain events, which you wouldn't have otherwise, which you want to make sure you can get in every event. You're going to have the 30 car pack, which is a car every week. You're going to have eight spec race cars and then the five starter cars. The five starter cars are nice because then you go through the opening tour and you spend zero dollars for the entire like modern tour. Yeah, it's a, it's a little dirty. The, the premium yeah. pack is almost required. Yeah, pretty much it's a little is. dirty. Yeah, yep. I hate that. Yeah, as as it's true. XP it's all true. That, that makes the game feel like the progression was designed well. Versus no, there's the no XP version. game. Yeah, well, no, I guess cre- credits, I guess. But yeah. the thing is, like, early on, the credits will help because, I mean, right now I might have one and a half million instead of three million, but I'm like, I'm not spending my credits, though. No. I'm spending hours <laughs> racing a spec car, getting cramps on my hand, trying to drive this Corvette against Haynes, <laughs> and I haven't spent a penny. So it's like, if you play for a while, the credits after a point aren't going to matter. But early, but it's more the access to other things that I kind of wish wasn't a thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the progression annoying. speeding up, though, that's I think it affects uh, how fun it is versus how much of it feels like a grind. And if you're the second class citizen that didn't play, pay for premium or double XP gain for Assassin's Creed or whatever, and it just makes the game feel like twice as slow. I I, I hate well, that part. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. But it's remember, it's only credits. 
So it's got nothing to do with car leveling, what you can buy, nothing like that. It's just credits. But yeah. the good thing about the game is, as uh, Abantus pointed out, I think out, Forza Horizon does XP. I think they yeah, do okay. double XP as well be. for leveling up. If you and they do special wheels, they do and extra stuff. Yeah. spins. Yeah, spins yeah. exactly. Extra super spins. spins. Yeah, you definitely um, feel second class if you don't you have do. the premium version of that game for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and on. On Horizon, which they'll probably do with Motorsport as well, they just send you free cars randomly if you're a VIP person. It's true. Right? So yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I agree with you. I think again, I think that's why to me this game is an eight, right? Um, yeah. I, I kind of went back and forth, and obviously when you're in the review period, you don't know what other people are reviewing it. And I told, I told some friends like as my review was coming out that I could see people giving this a nine, and I could see people giving it a six, um, and not. I wouldn't agree Sounds with a like six. My Starfield thoughts. <laughs> yeah, exactly I wouldn't where agree. my head was. I could see all of that. So, but if you're not into core circuit racing, this game's got nothing else for you. But then again, it's Forza Motorsport. It's supposed to be core circuit racing, right? So you kind of know what you're getting into. I've told plenty of people if you like fun racing games, just and are casual, play Horizon. That's your game. Or Crew, Crew Motorfest, really good game. Um, don't bother with Motorsport. It's really not for you. So, but. Uh, yeah, I think that's enough on, on Forza, um, I, unless anyone has any questions or, or anything else. I was going to say, though, not to like say, if you aren't into spec race, like motorsport racing, obviously this is what this is. But I will yeah. say the difficulty and accessibility options and driving assist, there is a range of player that could pick up, pick up a controller or sit down in a sim racer, and they can both have a good experience because the difficulty level, I don't know what you've been racing at the AI. I'm at about five or six. Uh, I'm six with yeah. expert rules. Okay. Yeah. Like I haven't messed with seven or eight. Cause like <laughs> eight cause is rough. dude. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't messed with those. So I'm like, there is definitely a challenge sitting out there. If you're going eight and expert rules and you're winning, you should probably go into multiplayer cause you're doing a damn good job. But if you also crank it down yeah. to one, you do nice rules, you turn some assists on. There's a lot of people who can play the game. I mean, there's a point where you could probably hold the controller. If you turn mm -hmm. on full steering assist, full braking assist. Yeah. You can play with assist, one hand. You can almost play with that. And then they've also got the blind driving mode, which still blows me away that that exists. So Yep. If you haven't seen that YouTube video, go watch that one. That was an amazing feature they added. But I just wanted to say, if you are if you like the idea, but you're not sure about your skill level, there's a wide spectrum of skill levels that can start, Good and call. then you can turn off a lot of the assists as you progress your skill. That was that was one of the big shoutouts I wanted to give them because they gave yeah. a big range of options for that. Very true. Yeah, Steve Saylor, the the blind gamer, really well yep. known. He did a, he worked with them on it and did a video on it. To your point, around saying like he can actually play this game. Uh, which is amazing, right? So um, yeah, there's there's tons and tons of options on ways to play this game. So very good, very good call out there. So well, so I, I mean, if I've gotten everything correct, <clears throat> mm -hmm. there is no like real career mode as like they had in seven, like Forza Motorsport seven. It, where... It's 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 a series. It's multiple series of races that you do, um, but it's not like you're not building up a player. Like you're yeah. not unlocking packs or anything like that. You're just racing different yeah. series. Yeah. Okay. So there's a bunch of single player series you can go through, but that's mostly yeah. what that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, if you're worried about skill level to Avance's point, you can absolutely play this and be competitive and win at any level. Yeah. And so, it also yeah. will challenge you pretty well on the high end. I'll win at every level. <laughs> of course point. you will. Good luck. You, will. <laughs> you guys it's, just uh, it gets tough. 
when you beat both of our ghosts, then welcome to the party of top three percent. I'm gonna message you guys the entire monologue from Fast and Furious and be like, You never had me, you never had your car, granny <laughs> yeah. yeah. You will do that. You won't <laughs> you be on the leaderboard. Double. You won't be on the leaderboard, but we will get not, a monologue from we Fast will get and that Furious. Monologue, yeah. <laughs> not double clutching, granny. <laughs> granny shifted like you should. <laughs> yeah. That's how I pass the bonds. He's out there granny shifting. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Sure, no, he yeah. called me out because I've been doing automatic for a while. He's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I just haven't done it yet, so he finally did. catch up. I had to switch over to manual. Yeah, he had an automatic gearbox. What I know. Come on. I was, I was just, yeah, I was apparently a little too casual for my own good. And then I, <laughs> and then I passed you, and then I, then you had to pull out the racing gloves, and then I passed you again. Then I'm going to get you the did? racing seat, and then we'll have to pass you again. So. Uh, <laughs> I will let you guys get back to your normal podcast. Thank you for letting me talk about Forza. No, I'll thanks for talking too much. I did yeah, want to say one thing. I played Cocoon yesterday. Please play that game. Heard Damn. it's great. It is. need to play it. It is an easy nine. I don't know if it's higher, but to me, it is so. It's from the guy. Um, it's Jesse. I can't remember his name. Uh, it's of the guys from Playdead Studios. It's one of the ones who did that. And Limbo and uh, Limbo and Inside. Limbo and, yep. Inside. Okay. Um, and the puzzle design is an absolute masterpiece. So please. I'm surprised Hogan, uh, unless we just haven't gotten to it, Hogan. I'm surprised Hogan and Travis haven't touched this game yet. It's, uh, it's I, not, I, I have a download. I would have talked about it last week. Um, yeah. yeah. Have you played I it? Okay. Well, okay. Yes. Okay. Then sorry. I just wanted to say that because like I played it last, literally last night, and I just I want everybody to know. Please check that game out. It's stellar. So thank I'm you guys there. out there out there playing Cocoon while you should be living your life a quarter mile at a time, man. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Well, guess what I'm going to go do this afternoon. Well, there's a Formula One race in about 55 minutes. So I'm going to watch that and then I'll go. So Nice. All right. Good luck. And uh, please don't DM me. I'm tired. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. <laughs> oh, no. After after you beat me the first time with the, the I will keep it clean, the blank eating grin. Uh, when you beat me the first time, yeah, you're going to get a DM if you get beaten. That's just how this goes now. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good, him, Bye, good to see you guys. I'll see Thank you, later. you, man. See you later. So we were, uh, yeah, like I said, we were talking a lot about forts, and I figured it'd be fun to have him jump on. He hasn't, yeah. I think we've had him on BigCast once, like four years ago. It's been a very long time. So, was all that, right. That's that, was, a, that was before me, huh? Was yeah. Yeah. Very long time ago. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. That's a lot of Forza. Uh, I can touch on Assassin's Creed Mirage, but before we... Mirage. I know. I, I From now on, I'm just going to say Assassin's Creed, and you have to finish it. That's okay, going to be the deal. Well. Okay. Very well. All right. Hoke, I'm going to jump over to you because you weren't here last week. You did say you would have talked about Cocoon last week, and I'm sure you've got Hoke's notes ready to roll. I do. What do we got? What do we got? I got a lot, actually. So, yeah, if I were here last week, I would have talked about Cocoon a little bit, which is getting wildly praised in the review circuit, and you heard from Abantis just now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't love it as much as others. Hmm. It's It's a fairly standard indie puzzle environment game. If you like those, great. If you don't, I, do. I don't think it's going to change your mind. Wow! Wow! You don't you like? Logo. Don't you like those yeah, puzzle logo. games though? Or are you not? Um, into those? I, you know, the ones that are really puzzle oriented, like just we don't really care what environment you're in or what you're doing, but we've got orbs in the case of Cocoon, or you know, instruction manual pages in that one with the the fox man. What is that tunic? They all seem hmm. to be one word titles. You notice that? Um, I, I don't love that style 
of games so much. So hmm. Cocoon, check it out. It's it's worth playing. It's on Game Pass, absolutely. But it isn't my favorite. I haven't reacted to it or responded to it like others have, which doesn't mean that you won't respond to it like they have. So give it a try. Um, okay. I would also say, I would have also said last week that we were playing a game called Maneko's Night Market. <laughs> I'm only laughing because you always pull out a title that I literally haven't heard That's of. So, so random. Uh, Maneko's Night Market is a celebration of cozy gaming and Japanese culture, I believe is on the description. Yep, uh, fair enough. You're... Uh, you're, you're a little girl that moves to town where there's a night market and you go and you get flowers and make crafts to sell at the night market and you bargain for how much you're going to sell it for and you experience a, it's a, a town story, essentially. Is a night market just a market that's open late? like, Or is there something oh, else going on night, here? Night, market, night, markets, night markets are a um, cultural phenomenon in Asia. And I know this because I live in an Asian community in San Francisco where we have night markets. Uh, and it's kind of like Wait, a that special... answer the question. Is it just a market that's open at night? It's like a, it's like a, it has very specific foods and fireworks and kind of like an Asian culture vibe. Fireworks. It's kind of a, yeah, it's like a, I, I don't really know how to describe it. It's just a, yeah, it's they like sell them or they're setting them off at night. <laughs> oh, they're setting them off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, right, like, a, like an Asian farmer's market in the kind end. of, yeah, that's kind of, except for it's less health foods and more kind of like fun and, you know, it's like a little okay. neighborhood festival. I've come to a farmer's market in Michigan. We've got like cinnamon uh, rolls and. Oh, are they not healthy in Michigan? Really? You can get a salad oh, yeah. if you want, but I mean, we've got an empanada truck. Uh, we've got okay. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Maneko's Night Market, I got it on the Switch. I have to give a warning here because if you look at it, you think, oh, that that's an easy buy on the Switch. Switch can run that. It's not terribly well, um, I don't know, Optimized. programmed for the Switch. It's got performance issues. It's got load times and, and kind of hiccups in the frame rate. So I know it's on PC. I'd probably recommend looking for it elsewise from the Switch, but it's worth playing. Um, I've still been playing Faith Farm. I know we talked about that earlier. And we, I, we also added to that Paleo Pines, which is essentially a kind of dinosaur ranching game that's for the kids, you have a you have a blue dinosaur named Lucky, uh, and you go around town and you farm and you fix up your ranch and you do dinosaur related things. Um, I, I think it's <laughs> you do you do dinosaur related things. What else can I say about this? I know it's just what are what are dinosaur related things? Like, what are dinosaurs known for doing? If you imagine your dinosaurs in this are like horses or other farm animals, kind of get you kind of get the deal. Okay. All right. Fair I'm fucking enough. losing it. God damn it. Oh my god. Oh man. It's enjoyable though. If you like yeah, these I'm kinds sure of cozy is. games and doing doing little things that don't involve murdering anyone. Paleo Pines, yeah. A Farm, Maneko's Night Market. It's the Hogs Notes. No, no, that, that sounds great. I just, I laughed at the phrase dinosaur-related things because I was thinking to myself, do we know what dinosaurs were doing at all hours of the day? Like, you know, you make it so. into those Tyson Nuggets. You know what <laughs> um, uh, One of my, the big games I've been playing this week that I knew wasn't <laughs> going to get its own kind of section is a game called Silent Hope, um, which is on Switch. 
I don't know where else it is. I think it might be a Switch exclusive. I haven't purchased it elsewhere. Um, but it's a game by Marvelous, people that do Harvest Moon games. And mm-hmm. it's a game where I can give you the fairy tale setting here, but it's uh, there's a kingdom. The king goes crazy. He takes everybody's words. Nobody can speak anymore. And he dives Plaster. into a hole. He, he jumps into a hole, which we call the abyss, and he never comes back. The princess of the kingdom is very upset about this. She's distraught. She cries for 100 years until the tears form a crystal around herself. After this... <laughs> After this... classic... Did you say classic, Travis? <laughs> Carry on, sir. Yes, I will. Absolutely. After the princess is cocooned in her own tear crystal, seven lights come out of the abyss and arrive as seven different people that do different things in front of the princess. Now, they can't speak, but the princess gets her ability to speak back, and she can speak telepathically to all seven of them. And so your job is to jump into the abyss and try to make it through the levels of the dungeon and then come back with the materials, and each of the seven of you will be running one of the shops, like a farm or a florist, or making meals, or making weapons, or cutting wood, whatever it is. And each of you has different powers in the dungeon, and each of you do different things at the shops back up top. So you go down a little bit, and then you come back with materials, you make new weapons, you go down with another person, and there's some balancing stuff that happens a little bit like Diablo, in that you all have a certain amount of health potions, and then at certain points in the dungeon, you can swap to a different person, and the last person gives a bonus to the next person. So like one of them will give you a 30% bonus to defense. So you're kind of strategically organizing how you're going to progress through these dungeons and level up, use skill trees, all that fun stuff, and get like better. a roguelite? Do you keep rerunning? You keep rerunning, but it's not it's not a roguelite. You get penalized for for dying. And the princess says, Oh, good try. You'll get it next time, I hope. That kind of thing. Uh, but it's it's more like a dungeon crawl that has a pretty limited um, death component. I will say, if you look at pictures of this, it's very cute. It's very family-friendly. It's very colorful uh, and kind of switch-oriented. The runs are not super long. So even when you run into a dungeon, if you're having a good run, it's probably 20 minutes. Um, so it's very much rigged for kind of a switch or mobile um, interaction timing. But I love it. It's really good. I recommend it. Silent Hope. Silent Check Hope. That- Check that one out. I believe it was on a Nintendo Direct a little while back. Okay. Um, and then the other Switch game that I, I got. Love that this you found week. something weirder than the trick hole. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's where her tears came out of the, the hundred years of crying. I don't know. It's great. It's a lot Good of crying. crying. It's a lot of. It comes out of the trick hole. Trick holes do yeah, crazy. Yeah, I hope she had water on hand. That's yeah, a lot. for sure. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty dehydrated in there. Lost a lot of water weight, though. I bet you her <laughs> scale like, girls are worried. She, they want to rescue the princess. They're like, when are you going to rescue her? I'm like, I don't know. We're still on floor one. She's in another castle. No, she hovers right there above the abyss. Obviously. <laughs> it's a floating crystal. I'm sorry. Did I not Yeah, that? no, of course. No, of course. Yeah, she's... Why wouldn't she be floating above the abyss in her tear crystal? You have to rescue the princess who's floating? So the, the, the princess is alive in her crystal and she's speaking to you telepathically and you're trying to go figure out what this abyss is about and probably try to get speech back to the kingdom. Uh, but honestly, I'm not far enough along to know exactly what we're going to try to do. Ultimately, we're trying to go deep into the hole and figure out what's going on. 
I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Dan's out. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna to need. That, I'm gonna need weekly updates on this one, Hug. Oh, sure. I need to. I, I need to understand what's going on here. Honestly, Ains, as a fellow enjoyer of Diablo, I think you will find it to be an enjoyable game. It's it's got Silent a Diablo Hill. kind of feel to it, and certainly okay. Diablo I'm... One, which is just you're, you're in a town and there's a dungeon. You said it's on PC and Switch. I said it's on Switch. I don't know about anywhere else. It might be a Switch. Uh, I think it's on PC and Switch, and it's coming to PlayStation, Xbox later this month. Cool. Okay, let me take a look at it. Not not wait not wait, not loud maybe, hope. I, I, I might be thinking. Sorry, I might be thinking of Mineko's Night Market, actually. <laughs> Mineko's Night Market is on PC. Yeah, I think it comes to Xbox and PlayStation later. I think I got that confused. All right, Silent Hope, I now. thought, was just for Switch, but I don't know. I can't pretend that I bought it on multiple platforms. Hey, um, by the way, uh, Forza Motorsports live on Steam with Advance Access. Not Early Access, Advance Access. So I mean, I, I guess the name is better, but the game is still out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway carry on Hogue. carry on what else oh, we got yes. i have a few more um so <laughs> another one that i've been really enjoying this week is disgaea 7 yes okay so you might know disgaea as a series it's kind of an anime tropes meets strategy rpg game series um and the seventh is obviously the seventh entry in that series i bought it on switch They've gone from 2D when it first started to 3D, and this one seems to be working better than 6 did on that score. Um, but you have to like kind of anime comedy hijinks if you're going to get into Disgaea. But otherwise, if you do, you'll be able to play it for like hundreds of hours because they let you do all the things that the old Disgaea games did with upgrading your items by playing strategy levels. And I highly recommend it if you like strategy RPGs. If you don't, it's not going to change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. I know Elu, who is uh, our main editor at SG and everyone knows he's usually in the chat. He, um, he was really looking forward to that one. He loves this guy. So that's good to hear that. It's uh, pretty good. By the way, silent hope is on steam and switch. Katie cotton just called it out in our chat, but I, I just looked it up on steam as well. It's uh it's 39 99 currently 10% off. So you can get it for 36. If you want to check that out, by the way, on PC. So yeah, check it out. Enjoy. Highly recommended. Um, I've also been playing Lamplighters League, which is a Game Pass game. Nice. I previewed that one. Games. You previewed that? Yep, I previewed that. Is yeah, that any good? I, I was in, curious about the concept. It looks cool, but I haven't played it. Yeah, I mean, I like Hairbrain Schemes. They did the Shadowrun remakes. Cool. Um, they, it's, a, um, it's kind of a 1920s adventure vibe with, I, I don't know, if you played, I can't remember what that the name of the game was. It was I think it was Mutant Year Zero, which had like the crazy duck, yep. and yep. like it has the real time uh, component of where you're walking around the map and trying to get the drop on people, and then when combat starts, it it goes into a turn based, square based mm -hmm. type XCOM game. It's that design, um, but it's uh, it's it's very good. Again, a lot of strategy games for me yeah it does an interesting uh I, th I would say it's its biggest change from like XCOM aims is that it's more of like a story where like you'll start out and you're not in turn-based mode you're kind of freely moving around and you'll even do like stealth sections and then all of a sudden you'll get into combat and you'll take out all the goons that you fight i say goons because it's got a 1920s vibe you know you got to use sure. the terminology <laughs> from the era um and then after you take them all down 
you'll go back into real-time mode and continue to explore until you get the next encounter. So it's not like diving into the world, doing a quick turn-based thing and then going back to base. You kind of like advance from thing to thing to thing. And so that does a few things. One, it breaks up kind of the monotony of the same gameplay loop over and over, but it also means yeah. you have to strategize for longer because you have to worry about extending your resources for three or four encounters, usually one concluding in a boss fight rather than going in, doing a quick encounter and then getting out and being able to restock. Um, yeah. And so uh, there's kind of an interesting thing there. Mario um, and uh, rabbits. I know it's obviously, you know, different genre, but it plays like that, right? Kind of open yeah, world, you yeah. wander around and then you have your encounters. Oh, that one is that one you're diving into. You kind of when you go, you walk around and then you go into a separate map when you do it. This one is like you're actually on the same map, like yeah, you're exploring and then you find it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to check yeah, it out. It's like, it's like you trigger uh, events whenever you get into combat. Kind of it like really that. It remind me of Mutant Year Zero, but no talking ducks yet. No talking ducks yet. I liked yet. Mutant Year Zero. I had fun with that game. Yeah, um, I think it's underrated. But yeah, the I would say the my biggest complaint about it, based at least based on the preview, I have not played it since it came out, uh, was that the combat system was a little simplified for people who are like hardcore, kind of like chunky turn-based fans. I I felt like it was a little like toned down. Um, but uh, I did like the boss fight that I played in the demo and and stuff like that. So. It seems really good, and the story seems interesting. I like that each of the characters has different personalities that kind of determine how they play. Like you'll have like a stealthy kind of like thief, or a like uh, a bruiser who's all about like getting just like knocking people down and and overwhelming them with brute force and stuff like that. It's kind of interesting mechanics. Cool. Yeah. And if you're not aware, um, I know Lamplighters League and Cocoon are both on Game Pass as well. Uh, they this are week, so. Yeah, and and yep. speaking of and Forza Tuesday, pretty good week of, for Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, speaking of thieves, I have been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Mirage. Mirage. <laughs> yes, for for those that don't know me or or my tilts on this, because I don't think an Assassin's Creed has come out since I've been on this show. I love Assassin's Creed as a franchise. I've loved both versions really, the 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 stealth versions and the <laughs> RPG versions. So Mirage has actually been a bit of a surprise to me because. They marketed it as going back to the Assassin's Creeds of old. And it is certainly kind of streamlined from Valhalla, but it's definitely in the Valhalla Odyssey Origins space. It's it's more like a smaller version of the RPGs with a stealth emphasis than going back to like Syndicate or before. Interesting. So there's um, still but, like uh like there's still like equipment that you're drops that you're getting out of chests and up oh it's the Valhalla system straight up right so it's specific oh, equipment it's specific armor it's specific weapons that have essentially perks and then upgrades so what you're saying is that they promoted the game as one thing but actually that was not exactly true it was like we saw it in the distance but then as we got closer we realized it was actually an illusion of some kind <laughs> what do we what do you what would you call that oh uh, i don't know what i would call that I would call it, uh, there's a word for it. It's on the tip of my tongue. A mirage. There you go. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love it. it it's gorgeous. Um, they've kind of re-envisioned the way they do missions to use the, uh, I, I don't know how useful this is for people who don't play the games, but like the Order of the Ancients screen that used to be collecting clues to figure out who you need to assassinate is now kind of the way their, ma their main missions are structured. Oh, okay. um, so you get clues to figure out what you're doing in the game. Um, and I think that's a nice touch. And then the actual missions themselves is where I think the big change was made. 
instead of rolling in as a Viking and hitting people with an axe, they're all kind of the old Assassin's Creed format of, okay, there's something you need there behind that locked door. This person has the key. There's 16 guards. Go nuts. Um, and I think it's really well done. It's got a really strong stealth gameplay loop, but it isn't this kind of straightforward, linear, half Grand Theft Auto <clears throat> mission structure that the old ones had. It is very much a small Valhalla in a, in a single city. Interesting. Um, I know, uh, and I'll get to Alex's super check, because Alex was playing it for us um, originally as part of the review. Steve actually reviewed it for us, but then I also talked to Mo, who's been on the show many times, and Mo reviewed it for Console Creatures, one of our uh, other indie outlets out of Canada. Um, and they they both really like it as well. Um, they're pretty high on it. Um, they probably, I think Mo said he would have given it like an eight. Um, they don't do scores over at Console Creatures, but uh, would have given it like an eight. I don't know what IGN rated it. Do you know off the top of your head, Travis? It was an eight. Was it an I'd eight as eight, well? Okay. I'd be eight pushing nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, people seem to really like it. I know that the uh, kind of Metacritic score for it is a little lower. I think it's like mid-70s. Um, but um, yeah, see, everyone I've talked to who was looking forward to this being more of a condensed Assassin's Creed, maybe that's a decent word for it, Hope, um, has really enjoyed it. So everyone I've talked to has really liked it quite a bit. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm on the record saying I think the Valhallas of the world got too big, honestly. They I don't did. Think, I don't think it's useful to have a game with narrative push that only gets you halfway through and and no, no narrative that I've ever seen could get you through a game the size of Valhalla. So I like that they've, they've smallened it up. Good English from me. Um, but, uh, good. English. Uh, it works for me. Uh, it's, you it's, English kind of a, good. it's kind of a callback to the old Assassin's Creed's Dan. I know I mentioned this before when I was in previews, but I can verify that the contract system they use gives you kind of small levels. I don't know whether they're procedural or there's just a lot of them. Um, it gives you kind of small levels that have that hitman vibe. It's uh, it, you get a little bit of narrative background, and then it's go figure out how to take this guy out, or go figure out how to steal this mirror, or whatever it is. And that really works for the game because it's just put something in a place that's protected and figure it out. Yeah, I've I've been playing it too. It's it's it. I don't know, man. It's it, it, Assassin's Creed uh, to me kind of peaked at Brotherhood, so. That's way back there, but <clears throat> I think it peaked at Michael Fassbender flying on a giant robot. That that's you arguably Odyssey, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Odyssey really? was great. Odyssey's Odyssey's your probably was, Odyssey was one of my out of that trilogy was probably my favorite one for sure. But just like AC two, that was a good one too. My favorite one. I, yeah. You just like hitting the Pope in the face. Is that, that basically? That, yeah. You know, you know how much I hate. We still, are we still figure. talking about Assassin's Creed? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surprisingly. Yeah. You want to talk about zany game endings? Assassin's Creed Two. Assassin's um, Creed Two's game ending is amazing. I I love an alien, and you have to stop him. Hey, spoilers! It's Whoa, only been fifteen this, years. The Pope yeah, isn't an alien. <laughs> okay, he has alien technology. All right, it's different. The alien is in the wall or something or something weird like that. Uh, yeah, the, I I loved that game, and I felt like it was it was the best part of Assassin's Creed's story, like their overarching story, which we haven't seen in a while. Ezio is a great character, you know. I didn't Ezio like Ezio is great, and flies. Ezio is better than uh, Basim, but Basim is is going back to the hey, you know, we might actually need to put characters in these games. Yeah, uh, that'd be great, rather than so just they, letting. So, you, yeah, I hate that. I hate that guy. 
So I was going to say, Dan, how far how far are you into it? Because Dan, about- if you don't, if you're newer to our audience, you weren't around when Dan famously Valhalla. gave Valhalla a seven, and seven. all hell broke loose because it was low. A seven was low in comparative to other reviews, and uh, it was quite the scene for a few months after that. Um, but anyway, where are you? How far Next in this are you? Field. I'm probably about, uh, about six hours in, probably-ish, okay. maybe a little bit more. Um, here's the thing. I don't like Bassam at all. Like, I have to kind of want, and I said this last week, and going into it, knowing who he is, because this is kind of a prequel to the Valhalla. This was supposed to be a DLC originally, right? So, and they just kind of made it its own little standalone thing. I appreciate what they try to do with the stealth stuff. I think it's a a lot more like the older games. <clears throat> I think it, they also could have probably done a little bit more. I think there's, there's, they, they went like too extreme, like right off the bat. I don't think they had to do that. I think they could have made it a little bit more. It doesn't feel very modern in, in as far as like the gameplay and stuff goes. And a few things that, you know, like, like you said, they took that, the order of the ancients and basically that's your main kind of deal there it almost feels a little bit lazy i don't like the skills the skill tree at all i think some of that stuff should just be there like immediately it's much better than Valhalla's because the halls was a complete disaster and a mess uh, there was way too much there was like 300 400 different little nodes that you had to activate it was it was insane but it's it's fun. I mean, I love Assassin's Creed, so I'm having a good time with it. Like I said, don't care for the character very much. Uh, he's kind of boring to me. Um, so the story's not like really clicking so far with me. But it, it, it's fine. It's that's about as much as I can say about it right it's now. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> You know, it's another Assassin's Creed game. It's you know. Yeah. Do you like Assassin's than... Creed? I mean, like it, it's not going to change your mind. No, I loved it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite franchises. Yeah, and I love the historical tourism aspect of it. I do too. And and Baghdad is as cool as any of the other places that they've built. So I I really enjoy yeah. that. And I think I th- I think saw Mo say something about it, but I've been playing it with the Arabic language with the sub. Yeah, that's really cool. It, yeah, yeah, I mean it's the same way as like when you play Japanese games. You heathens. Yeah, that don't you got to play, play Yakuza in Japanese with subtitles, voices, not like Travis's I mean, ridiculous. I play Far Cry. Six with in Spanish, yes, you know, it's, it's crazy. You can't, you can't take Avatarala <laughs> away from me, so I'm keeping it on English. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's kind of fair, too, though. She's awesome. That's kind of fair. Yeah, she's good, but yeah, it's fine. I mean, like okay. I said, I'm gonna wait to res- I'm gonna reserve my judgment until I'm all the way through it, which probably won't take me very long. I might have it done by this week, but I think uh, Steve said 20, like. Under 25, I think 24 hours, something like that. Yeah, it won't take it. me very long. Something like that. It depends that. on how, how far I decide to go with all the other stuff. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah I, I feel like I can, like the story's moving pretty quick. But I do, I do like the smaller scale. Like the, I love like Baghdad because it reminds me of that, reminds me more of like, uh, like when you were uh, <clears throat> Venice or you know, back in like the old Assassin's Creed 2, you know, you, you were there in that city and it felt like really alive. And, and this yeah. made a really, really good job with that. So like the setting is amazing. I'm, you know, just wish I liked Madison more than I do. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Fair, enough. Me. Fair enough. 
Um, awesome. Well, that's uh, yeah. Our review is up on that. Obviously, you know, goes without saying IGN um, review. But if you check out uh, Mo's review on console creatures, that would be cool. And uh, our review is live from Steve as well. Like I said, Alex, uh, I'm going to grab his super chat, but also uh, we'll get caught up on super chats here. But Alex also was playing it pre-release for us, and he did a uh, ranking of all the Assassin's Creed games recently, nice. which he's going to add Mirage into somewhere. So um, I think traditionally, I if I recall correctly, Alex was more on the two and Brotherhood camp as well. Um, so, um, But anyway, let's get caught up on super chats. This is Alex. Alex uh, with $5 super chat. Uh, Mirage Discord Mirage. is weird. Sorry. <laughs> Mirage Discord is weird. Go. It is fair to criticize a game for doing what it said in the tin and not evolving. People wanted a yes. simple Assassin's Creed game. This is. Uh, yes, it is fair to criticize a game for not evolving. It is totally Ubisoft's choice if they want to make a simpler version of AC, but that does not mean that consumers have to agree with that decision or like it. And therefore, how a game is marketed does not impact at all whether or not it is an enjoyable game to play. Uh, also, games don't exist in a silo, so there's lots of Assassin's Creed-like games nowadays that maybe do it better. And so um, I will say... Yeah, it's totally fair to criticize a game for it not you not liking what it is. It doesn't really matter what the developers intended to do with it. If it's if it's not fun, that's your opinion. I'm going to say yeah, somewhat sense. agree with Travis, somewhat disagree because I do think there is a tendency for some reviewers to review something based on what they wanted it to be regardless of whether or not that game wanted to be that thing. I right? think everybody does that every time they review a game. No, no, no. You don't review against some platonic ideal of what you would have made because you didn't make it. I think everybody does that. I think no matter what you do, if you have any criticism about a game, it's because you would have done something different or you would have enjoyed it if it were a different way. And so you're always reviewing a game based off of what you wanted it to be. Uh, I, I think that's unavoidable. Now, there are some leaps that I would say are unrealistic or unreasonable like oh you know I, I reviewed forza motorsport and i wanted it to be forza horizon that's like you probably just picking the wrong game to review but i think no matter what any game that you play if you have opinions on it things that you think should be different you are evaluating it based on things that you would have done differently and so it's just really a matter of the degrees to which you do that and i think there's a line maybe somewhere that is an unreasonable digression and one that that is totally valid and fair i think people saying look i get that they were trying to make a more simple assassin's creed game i don't like it is a fair criticism you can you can do that it doesn't matter that i, I have this problem some people say this in the review space where like oh well it's what the developers were trying to make and therefore you should you should base your view on how well they met their goals of what they wanted to do and the problem with that criteria is that a developer could then claim, oh, yeah, well, we wanted to make a buggy mess of a game that, you know, runs <laughs> right. at 20 FPS. And then you could be like, all right, well, you hit that bar 10 out of 10. <laughs> right. And so uh, that, Charles, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not how you should look at games. You should always look at game reviews as it meeting your criteria because it is your opinion and reviews are 100 percent opinion. And so I would just say. If you have an opinion, the important thing is that you were able to reason that opinion in a written way and prove to others that you came to a conclusion that makes sense for you. The score and the evaluation criteria are less important so much as the explanation for why you came to that conclusion. And so I don't have any problem with people basing their opinions on Mirage based on what they 
would have liked. That's, well, this is where I partly agree with you, Travis. If you if yeah. you put that in the review that hey, I wanted this to be a racing game, and as it turns out, I'm running around the streets of Baghdad, and so I give it a two. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. That's fine. Sure. I would say that's game. an unreasonable leap, but yeah, I guess you and could do I, that. And <laughs> I would discount it and say I'm not listening to this person ever again. And, and as long as we can have that discourse between reader and reviewer, then I think it's it's okay. But I think the problem is is that you get this kind of implied platonic ideal of what I wanted a game to be that isn't as exposed when you read reviews. And then somebody says, uh, this is dumpy because there aren't, you know, 12 areas and I don't get to raid English towns in this one. So I give it a five and it's like, well, it's not a super fair way to review what Assassin's Creed Mirage is trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think that there's a line there somewhere. Um, the, the reason I take a stand on this is because people like to use these opinions to discredit genuinely held beliefs. Um, we have somebody in the comments doing it right now who is a pretty ignorant person <laughs> by the looks of their review of their comments. Oh but, boy. Oh you know, boy. They'll say something like, uh, I'll just read his most recent comment. He said, I don't like Batman, but I'll still decide to go see the Batman movie. I'm sure it'll be, I'll be viewing it from an objective point of view. That that's not what's happening here, right? It's not people who hate Assassin's Creed games going, I'm going to review the Assassin's Creed games. And my perspective is going to be that I hate it. Like outlets don't do that. Outlets pick. Reviewers. I think he's agreeing with you. He's being sarcastic. I know he's being sarcastic, but he, <laughs> or based he on the, she, based on the comments that they're saying that they're trying to say like that critics can't be trusted because they bring their, you know, their slants toward it. Everybody, everybody brings their slants to everything. But my point is that if you are reviewing a game for a major outlet, you have been picked to review that game because you're the type of person who's interested in playing that game and, and would like to like it, right? It is, is likely to like it if it does all the things right that it, that it wants to do. Um, and so I, I just, you know, people, people did this like during the Starfield review when Dan gave it a seven, they said, Oh, well, Dan clearly just hates Bethesda games. He hates science fiction. And like, none of those were true. Right. And so I just, I have a, tr I have problems with people. Not uh, our Dan folks. Not our not Dan. Me. Sorry, Dan. Well, I haven't played it. Right. <laughs> if, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're claiming to know somebody else's preferences uh, and using it to discredit the things that they said in the review, I don't think you're being very fair or genuine. And that, that's mm. why, that's why I, I have to speak up when I see stuff like that, because I feel like some people are trying to, invalidate people's opinions and i think there are times where you can do that right we talked about hogwarts legacy where somebody gave the game a bad score because they hate jk rowling and i would say that is very fair to discredit it because it has nothing to do with the game but if somebody writes three thousand words about the things that are in a game that they didn't like and then gives it a lesser score than you that's just a matter of opinion you can disagree and move on like there's no need to try to tear a person down well in in fairness to Alex here, I would say he's not trying to tear a person down. I don't think so. Just ask. I, I think. Yeah, I, I think. I, I, no, I'm not talking about Alex specifically. I'm just. I'm trying to address something else. Alex, you're you're a good guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Alex is a good guy. Thank you very much. Um, so thank you, Alex, for the super chat. By the way, you want to talk about funny opinions? I forgot to mention this during the fours a bit. So if you didn't see, I posted what I thought was a very simple comment that we could all agree on which is in gran turismo is a race digital yes. digital cars in a video game shouldn't sell out <laughs> meaning they shouldn't run out like you can't buy them um mm -hmm. which gran turismo does and i i said that 
innocently thinking that's an obvious comment, right? We can all agree that's a silly idea. 1.3 million views later, um, I had the uh, Sony weirdos coming for my head uh, for making what I thought was an innocent comment. And then I followed that right up with my Forza review, uh, which was about as detailed as I could be. Um, gave it an eight and I had some Xbox guys coming to me saying an eight's too low. So I think I'm doing it right if I'm getting it from all angles. Um, Agreed. I think yeah, I think I'm getting it in. So, I mean, everybody's um, just like the the hard the hardest thing to do if you're a reviewer because, to be honest, reviewing games is easy, right? It's just reviewing anything's easy. It's just your opinion. Um, but the, the hardest part is sticking to your sticking to your guns and saying what you believe, regardless of what the consequences will be. That is the hardest part of of doing a review. So, if you feel like you're doing that, even in face of people sending you death threats or telling you to kill yourself on Twitter. Um, then you know, that's the night, then you have my respect. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Um, Alex, thank you. Let's catch up on these other ones. We got Eric in the house. Okay. Eric with a uh, six ninety nine Canadian happy Canadian Thanksgiving. Y'all hope everyone has an, I want to watch football, but have to go to the in-laws kind of day. <laughs> well, I'm bringing my that's Dan's favorite my, day right there. I'm bringing them to my house today. So, I'm going to stop at the comma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we are watching enough. football with the in-laws. So. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Eric, hope you're doing well, man. Happy Canadian Thanksgiving to you. Um, Debbie W in the house. Debbie W with $20 Super Chat. Uh, the free Nerf map for Minecraft is super fun for those interested. Just don't forget to go back to the hub and buy new weapons every now and again. Spent a good 12 hours over the past few days playing it with my kiddo. Awesome. Thanks, Debbie. Yeah. I, so I don't know Minecraft. what this is. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Uh, uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, I do. Um, it's a, a Minecraft uh, add-on, which the Minecraft marketplace is blowing up right now. Actually, I, I forgot to talk about a couple weeks ago. Uh, Minecraft uh, came out with a Dungeons & Dragons um, expansion it was like officially licensed by D&D and it's basically like you go on a D&D RPG adventure with like a GM talking to you and doing voices for the characters and it has like a storyline it's like a full self-contained adventure and uh, it's like a couple dollars to to play it so Minecraft continues to do super cool weird stuff so I've not played the nerf map but I, I did see it in the, uh, the marketplace and I it's probably better Minecraft. than nerf legends it definitely i have not even played it and i can guarantee you it's better than our so, yeah yeah nice that's awesome debbie thank you very much for the super chat uh i want to welcome ken james to the channel ken thank you very hey, much for joining ken. appreciate you and shoosh ah shoosh two, two euros uh joined late today is candy corn a sponsor yet this is candy a true story I, does candy <laughs> corn have a company yeah, no. Brox. No. Is it Brox or Brax? How's it pronounced? Yeah. I don't know. Brox. Yeah, Brox. I think you're right. Yeah. Because um, it, it's not like one of the major candy makers, right? It's like a some, it's they just make candy. How corn. dare you talk down on Brox, sir? I've never heard of Brox. What is that? Of course you have. It's candy. Corn. Yeah, they're the ones with like the gumdrops. Yeah. Yeah, gumdrops. They make a lot of garbage. They make, uh, 
They make a lot of question just... mark over my head. Have I not? <laughs> I mean, like, like I'm not crazy. They're not like Nestle or or Hershey. No, right? they're like, not a big are... gigantic okay. conglomerate right. like that. No. Okay. Um, it, yeah, I, I was wondering true. if there was just a knowledge gap where everybody knows about Brock's <laughs> the candy supplier. Just... It's like a pink logo, right? Yeah. I don't think I've you seen were, it. No, were they you the ones the that? Like I, I don't think days. they have it in my CVS. Maybe this is yeah, a regional thing. CVS. I was on at grocery stores. Like you would go there and they would have like the one where you can get like whatever kind. They had like tons of different like candies, like peppermints and, and coconut little bites and some weird yep. other crap. And you would put like a quarter in and then you could just take like, you know, two or three pieces of candy instead of buying or you can buy it in bulk like by the pound. this looks utterly confused i have oh, never man. heard of this this is bizarre to me buy do, you, do you guys sugar. live in a different country I, <laughs> literally, so it's a little it was a little tin box like right next to all this stuff and you just put like a nickel in it's like to, yeah, be fair travis you're in san francisco you kind of live in a different country uh, yeah no i'm i'm the one who lives in a different <laughs> yeah. country for sure <laughs> is candy legal here i don't even know um they don't scoop it, I don't believe. Not the same yeah, way. Um, but I think, but I think uh, candy corn. That would be wrong. Yeah. I uh, I went to the supermarket Scoops. last night and picked up some you know <laughs> stuff from the supermarket. I meant to get a bag of candy corn to have with me on the show today, and I forgot. I did but, see candy corn in the store down the street, and I thought for a brief <laughs> moment what what my life would be like if I. <laughs> we're willing to spend money on it but i just can't i can't buy a if, I, if i'm gonna buy that much wax i'm it's for a candle i'm gonna make a candle out of it you know look you could you could have a few bites and then make a candle out of the rest that's why candy corn is so brilliant um that's why it won our poll last week and you know it's good stuff i can't My believe it poll. Dude, it was a, is is candy corn good and it won by a lot hogue and no, I'm convinced based on the poll <laughs> results of that and other polls like the Twizzlers thing that are our average, the average age of our viewer must be like 67. It has to be with those, so red with those poll results. I'll stand behind that. No. Candy corn is candy corn. Good. Isn't fair because what is the alternative? Nothing. Are you on a, on, are you on a stranded on an Island? What about it, the pumpkin ones? Oh I mean, yeah. Everybody knows. Yes. Candy corn isn't yeah. good though. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, ones? Hey, I'm shouting out Willow vintage Willow. Got a bag after the show last week. That's crazy. Jesus. People Listen, I eat everything, everything, everything. I'm not eating candy corn. There's no way. No way. But he <laughs> likes Twizzlers, so you yeah, know. I like Twizzlers, so. Which is just wax too. It's not even licorice. Like, yeah, come on. I'm with you. I don't like both of them. I'm I'm consistent in my views here, guys. I'm the one. <laughs> the pumpkins are the best, though. To your point, like if you like candy corn, just step it up and go full pumpkin. Yeah, you know. It's twice For the sure. size. Is this? It's just the never same go wax. full pumpkin. <laughs> never go full pumpkin. It's a pumpkin. Yeah, it's it's a candy corn pumpkin. that's all orange in the shape of a pumpkin, Travis. It's just basically yes. the same shit. That's in with there. it with a green little stem on the yeah, top. With a little green stem on the top. Terrible. Delicious. Yeah. Shush says I'm never coming to the US. To be fair, where you are, Shush probably has better chocolate and candy than the US anyway. So don't feel, you know. That's Cinderella, a, you ever see Cinderella went full pumpkin? <laughs> Way empty-handed. <laughs> <laughs> at least we all agree on one thing: like car- like carnival peanuts, terrible, right? Are we no, all on the no. there? Okay. Yeah, come on. Right. It's styrofoam. To find something that we can all get together on. And okay. Well, we didn't hear Hogue and Travis answer, so I'm concerned. I think you should uh, answer about what? I don't like candy corn. Candy no, corn. Car- <laughs> carnival peanuts. The carnival, carnival peanuts. peanuts. Oh, oh yeah. Peanuts? 
Those are okay. Peanuts? Circus peanuts. Yeah, that's what they're. You're called, talking yeah. about the orange foamy ones. It's yeah, like putting a piece of styrofoam in your mouth. Yeah, yeah I mean. I, it's mallow adjacent. I, I'm a fan of the mallow. <laughs> the circus peanuts are like uh, space ice cream. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. I'll, I'll eat them. I don't even know what's going on here. By the way, you absolutely have Brock's in San Francisco, Ty Guy. There you go. Get to your local Brock's. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess maybe this isn't my area of expertise. Guys, here's the thing. I try to talk about the things I'm an expert on because I like to look smart. And there's a lot of categories I just have to be quiet about. Like when he's talking about Mahomes, McKinnon, and Juju. I don't know who those people are. I Honestly, <laughs> you could tell me that they were part of like a Olympic swim team. And I'd be like, okay, I, I believe you. You don't know Juju Smith-Schuster? I don't understand any of the words in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Completely blank face here, guys. <laughs> well, one of my receivers oh. is named Amon Ra. So, yeah. Nice. Amon Ra, that sounds like a Yu-Gi-Oh he's, card. He's in the remake of The Mummy as well. <laughs> Amon Ra will send you to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> Amon Ra St. Brown. And we have his brother, Equinemius St. Brown, on the Bears. We're talking about a new gauntlet, apparently. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm just saying. All right. Amon Ra is great. Everybody else, <laughs> the Bears are not a good football team this year. No, they are not. I was so Amon mad. Ra, great trap so card. That's all I'm saying. If you play that thing in defense mode, ooh, baby, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, by the way, Abby Smith says, if you've had a wrapped peppermint, you've had Brock's. Brock's makes those. Yeah, never had one. So, what is a wrapped Get out of my face. You have had one, I guarantee. What is, you. What is a, American what is has mean? had a wrapped peppermint. What does it mean to be a wrapped peppermint? It's a peppermint in a wrapper, Travis. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah, I've had one of those. Yeah, everyone has had. Oh, oh, so they make old people candy. Yes, like butterscotch. <laughs> like, do, they make, do they make those yes. those hey, drop things? I will yes. defend. I will defend butterscotch till the death. Don't yes. come after really? butterscotch, dude. You just have bad taste. This is like such a. I knew. I knew you were British, like the ancestry. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, oh god. All right, all right. We're moving on. We're 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 in food. Uh, big cast again. Food cast. I like food. All right. I know food cast is fun, but <laughs> let's jump over to another topic. Sorry. I don't even know who that is, but. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Shoosh. I'm trying to move on. Shoosh. Ah, <laughs> uh, Halloween big cast idea. Confectionery themed costumes. It's not a bad as idea. A candy corn. I'll be a candy corn. No, I can do it. You'd make a good candy corn. Yeah, I mean, I, I taste good. Why not? Because you're milk toast and flavorless. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shush. Thank you very much. Too funny. Taking us See, all, look, all I'm not cool. the only one who didn't understand wrapped mint. For some reason, I was like, what is it wrapped in? Like chocolate? Like I was like confused about the wrapping part. <laughs> That'd be good, it. too. Do they make all Werther's? Right. They just make all the old people hard candies? Is no, Werther's are good, too, though. Jesus. <laughs> my God, dude. What is wrong with you, Ains? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. You look good for your um, age. 87. Thanks, sir. Thank you. Yeah, it's all this excellent dietary decisions yeah. apparently i'm making um naughty dog we're going to talk about naughty dog because we talked about really? playstation we talked about naughty dog apparently reports are that they're laying off minimum 25 devs and that the last of us multiplayer that we've all been talking about and waiting for for years <laughs> that they that they like three months ago 
provided what was it concept art for as a tease has now been canceled and or put on ice um so there's there's mixed reports here some are saying it's basically stopped being working on and they're laying people off other reports are saying it's been canceled entirely um regardless we reported or we talked about this a few months ago right when the apparent rumor was that Bungie rolled in and was like what the hell are you doing yeah yes yes exactly so yeah so i guess the update is um (laughs) they've made some changes uh but this one seems weird because simultaneously this week we got an actual listing on a job uh a job posting basically talking about last of us 2 remake or remaster siri what does creative bankruptcy look like (laughs) it looks like naughty dog mr hoag um but no in all seriousness naughty dog is i learned ains has a very interesting idea of what yeah i use i use a terrible siri (laughs) Was that, AI. Um, was that father from aliens? That was very. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reference, by the way. Um, but yeah, what the hell is going on? Like, I, Naughty Dog is like a premier dev, like in the industry, right? Their talent, I don't think, is in question. They've made word for it. Their multiplayer talent is very much in question. I didn't say multiplayer talent. I said talent. yeah. I'm just saying, but this is for <laughs> multiplayer, so I'm but, like. <laughs> if we look right and last of us 2 i'm not getting into the last of us 2 debate again i i i'm not a fan of last of us 2 despite its uh technical proficiencies uh but regardless of that right celebrated game etc cetera, etc cetera, sells really well um but we're saying now that naughty dog in the last decade and more because we don't know what they're apparently working on uh has done last of us last of us 2 last of us remake and last of us 2 remake um which and a TV show, which um, seems kind of crazy, especially for a company that has a dev studio that has such a history with making other types of enjoyable experiences. So, um, the management, they're the last that's of also true. Now. That is also true. Um, I don't know about this one, guys. I think that we talked to your point, Hogue, a few months ago about the rumors that Bungie had come in and, you know, PlayStation was looking at Bungie to help them with their live service kind of multiplayer roadmap. If this is yet another kind of casualty of that discussion or decision making, it doesn't it certainly doesn't instill a lot of confidence in whatever direction they had chosen to go in the past couple of years. Um, this makes me even more concerned around what's actually going to be developed or delivered, I should say, in the next year or two. Well, I mean, I think you've got oh, why are you laughing? You've got great comparison <laughs> points because Naughty Dog and Insomniac are kind of the two pillars of of Sony internal right now, and Insomniac is churning out games, and Naughty Dog has basically made nothing new for what a generation at this point. Uh, I mean, I, I really do think I made the joke, but I really Last do. Two? Last of Us Two is, is 20, years before the PlayStation 20? Five launched. It wasn't. It's not that old, is it? It's it's before PlayStation Five launched, so twenty twenty, yeah. Twenty twenty, early twenty twenty. Okay. I think okay. it's May. Three and a half years, almost. Okay, fair enough. Continue, sir. But you know, finding out that their next project is probably a remake of their most recent project. That was the most recent new project is just insane. Naughty Dog is going to go a whole generation without making anything new. No new experiences for anybody that has followed PlayStation games or the PlayStation brand. 
And honestly, I don't think Uncharted 4 was a great step for that brand either. So Naughty Dog's been in my dog house, so to speak, for a long time. They haven't made much of interest to me for a, for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I also I share his uh dislike of Uncharted 4 because I miss when that game was about being fun and over the top and 4 kind of made it sad. Just bloated. Uh, like I I liked yeah. aspects of it, but yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But I I, I think a lot of people liked The Last of Us 2 and I I think that the that shows that they still got some chops even if you disagree with the direction of the story and some of the other stuff sure. as I certainly did. Technically um, it's a brilliant game. It but, is technically wonderful. It is in god awful writing. But I will <laughs> say this. I mean, he feels strongly about this, y'all. Um, but <laughs> I, I agree with this. But on the multiplayer side, Naughty Dog has always been trash tier. Like very <laughs> just they've had they've had trouble. Name one multiplayer game or multiplayer experience they've created that you enjoy. Way of the Warrior. What the wow. hell? Wow, uh, no one has ever said that. No, it's a hot take. <laughs> I like my 3DO uh, and I like full motion video. What are you gonna do? I, I'm with you fair. there. Um, yes, no. Last of Us, the factions mode, or the it was factions, right? Of Last of Us, no, no, I'm, I'm not saying like it was brilliant or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Had, I'm man. saying, bro, <laughs> it, did, it did have a small audience that enjoyed that, but I think generally speaking, to your point, yes. Yeah, I this is like, and I by the way, I don't mean this. I was being, uh, I was being hyperbolic when I said trash tier, they're not actually that bad. But that said, they're not known for multiplayer, and I don't True. think they're particularly good at it. So when you hear that a multiplayer expansion you were never interested has been canceled, it's a little bit like hearing, you know, someone you went to college with that you didn't really get along with is like falling on hard times, and you're like, oh, too bad. Anyway, moving on, you know what I mean? Like, this, uh, what, what else? Do you, what else is new? You know, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We've talked about this a lot. I just feel like in a really weird spot. We got Spider-Man to hoax point, Insomniac firing on all cylinders. We got Spider-Man in what a week and a half, and uh, I have. It's, I'm not interested, as I've said many times, but I have zero doubt that that game is going to be excellent, sell really well, et cetera, et cetera. From Insomniac, you got Miles Morales, Rift Apart, and Spider-Man 2 in the same yeah. time period between Last of Us Part 2 and Last of Us Part 2 again. To be fair, and, though. And, and by all accounts, Wolverine will probably be out <laughs> probably before Naughty Dog delivers another game. Yeah, to be fair, Insomniac is known for pumping out games way faster than most studios, which has always been crazy which about is, them. But they're quality games normally. Like yeah. from a technical aspect, they're usually quality games, and they it's right. Like they don't they, sleep. Yeah, yeah. They they they. My point is that <laughs> well studio played, culture, sir. studio <laughs> nice studio <laughs> culture ma matters, right? And Naughty Dog has a specific culture of like their games taking a long time, and they put a lot of heart into it and some people think they make the best games out there and uh Those i'm sure they're cooking. well <laughs> i mean i i they're not my favorite games so i'm well, not gonna they, fight you too hard on it but uncharted 2 i mean i would yeah, say that we don't cool. uncharted 2 is one of the best games uh yeah. i would say that we don't really have a notion of what a naughty dog looks like in terms of productivity or pipeline since the management shift and if they're just going to make remakes of Last of Us, it's going to be a pretty sad end to a pretty well-known studio. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I'm not. I'm all I'm saying is that it's not unlike Naughty Dog historically 
to take a long time to put out their games and for those games to when they come out be celebrated as like really good games and so but giving them the benefit of the doubt they've got a lot of talented devs regardless of what their leadership structure looks like um i think uh you know i'm gonna come on this the same way i came at bethesda when people were saying that starfield looked like it was not going to be good which is that studio's got a high pedigree and i'm willing to wait wait and see what they actually put out before i before i judge it but multiplayer games i don't know why they were wasting their time on that i don't think that that's what they do i don't even know if that's what they want to do money travis money i mean all i'm saying is i I, I'm not crying over it, and I don't think it really says anything about the studio except for that they're still not good at multiplayer, which isn't exactly a headline. So well, I think the I crying know. about it is the resources and time and production capability put into a fair. failed effort. That's fair, yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm saying I'm, I'm glad, I'm more glad that it's that it dies on the cutting room floor than comes out and dies eventually anyway. Because I mean, who is gonna, who is gonna play that game? Nobody. I just, I, I mean, we well, I talk think a about, lot of people would have played it at the start. How it would I think a lot of people would have played it at the start, but it's the perfect crossover of all Naughty Dog fans. Like 95% of those guys love single player experiences and actively don't like multiplayer games. And then the people who do like multiplayer games aren't looking for Naughty Dog to make one. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like if I were on their, their business team, and they propose this idea, I would be like, that sounds like an incredibly expensive way to not make any money. Like, I just don't know. <laughs> it just seems like a bad idea. Like, uh, like from concept, it seems like a bad idea. It's not playing to their strengths. It's speaking to an audience that doesn't really play their games. And but Travis, you can't pick and choose here, right? You're the one that always tells me the developers want to, need to be able to make what they want to make, right? Because this is... I, I agree. 100%. This is my argument with Bioware should never have made Anthem, right? Sorry, Ains. <laughs> uh, because it's not their skills. It's not that you wouldn't you wouldn't take your entire company that makes Naughty Dog level third person action adventures and say let's make a multiplayer game and make it its own unit and do all these things. It's a it's a poor use of resources. But if the developers wanted to do that, then this is the kind of thing that you deal with. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for creative freedom and people devs doing new things that they haven't done before we got grounded because obsidian decided to make a survival multiplayer game which is unlike anything they've done before so 100 it's just this one didn't work out so i kind of feel vindicated going really when they announced it initially it also the my biggest problem with it hogue is that if they wanted to make a multiplayer game wouldn't they use a different ip like really I the mean, use of an existing ip to do something that doesn't really fit with that vibe or setting is kind of what bothers me about that i mean i I view neil Druckmann's love of the last of us is roughly equivalent to dave filoni's love of ahsoka at this point right like i mean i don't think he can get out of his own way of using this game that he made i I don't think he understands the last of us part one which is really one of the shames of video gaming right now uh but i think that's how you you arrive at let's slap an ip on it because it grow it grew out of scope right they were supposed to do factions with their remaster originally and then it became its own thing Yep. They've already got the IP attached and then they just failed. Right. I mean, if, if, if I'm going to sit here and talk to you for months about how I'm not sure that Microsoft is the combined entity and Phil Spencer and their management team is actually set up to get the pipeline of games that that resource level should get out. I can't not sit here and tell you, I'm not sure that Neil Druckmann is the right person to run the ship at Naughty Dog when they haven't made anything of note for a long, long time now. It feels like to me, I mean, I'm like, I know he's the studio lead and everything, but always, it just 
He took over. You get that feeling. Yeah, he kind of took over, but it, it still feels like there's kind of too many hands in the cookie jar or that, you know, he's he's got that really kind of pretentious, like, I'm going to, you know, this is my baby. This is my thing, you know, and, you know, this, and, but also somebody that can't make a decision at the same time, you know, and like, you know, I got to change this or do this. I have no idea what's going on over there. Well, I'm not going to tell you that creatively running a subsidiary is easy, right? You've got oh, Sony sure. to answer to. Jim Ryan was certainly involved in what they decided to do at the Naughty Dog level. Uh, Neil Druckmann ostensibly runs that studio. He seems absolutely reluctant to get away from The Last of Us as a property at all. And I don't think the HBO show helped video gamers out there uh, in the world because he, he was, to the extent that he wanted to make more Last of Us stuff, he was given the keys to the kingdom with the way that that show was received. And I think probably not justifiably, but if you liked it, good for you. Well, and Last of Us 3 already kind of, they're working on it, right? But like, we know that. So it's like, yeah. Um, I would agree we with do. you about Druckmann as well. Um, yeah, they've talked about that. That's been mentioned. Last of Us 3. And, yeah, I mean, they've told us they're working on it. but Well, yeah, they Last were working on factions too. Trying but... to get more fingers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm I'm just, I, I sit here and I continue to be curious about what's coming for PlayStation. Um, I just, yeah. I think this is a weird time for them because I have not felt this confused about their roadmap in a very long time, probably since this, even the start of the PS3 era, which was weird from a, from a delivery and launch perspective. At least I knew what they were aimed at uh, content wise. Um, whereas I don't feel like I have any idea of that right now. And then I already tweeted PSVR about it too, which you uh, spoke well about the other week, Travis. And it's like, it just gets more confusing. Um, I already but... told you what we're working on at Sony. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's all, it's all Sly Cooper games and resistance. Studio. I thought we agreed. Not, Naughty, Do games. Naughty Dog's making a really, really depressing take on Sly Cooper that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. Yeah. Are they going to slow down the musical theme? It's live yeah, action. The, the musical theme is slowed down. It's kind of about like the consequences of theft. Like what is, you know, <laughs> what, what, who, who who gets affected by the, you know, it's like Sly Cooper does a heist and then afterward you get to see the family. The downstream and, effects. Yeah, the family that's hurt by that that theft and then you, you get to play as like, you know, a begrudged Do I diamond get to owner. Do I still turtle? Yeah, absolutely. Do play as Bentley? <laughs> Yeah, no, we're we're yeah. You need to play as the turtle because that's the pace we're going for. <laughs> Wheelchair, yeah. and some of no. it is live action, like Wing Commander. I heard for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty I'm good. In. <laughs> I'm in. I think you're really gonna like Sony under Travis's leadership. I mean, I'm, I'm we're swinging for the fences, dude. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, I, we joke, but you know, the CEO of the of of the brand. I know that they separate them by like their units. The CEO of the brand leaving with no pipeline at all announced for future product development is not great. I wasn't here to talk about it, but it's not. It's There's a yeah. lot of question marks around all of that. Ordinarily, you'd, you'd write the ship. You'd, you'd set the furniture in place, and you'd, you'd be ready to leave. Uh, now, I think he got sideswiped a little by Bloomberg. but Yeah. I think the argument that we made was, well, he did announce a new direction for the company, but my criticism last week was that he didn't stay around to, to validate that that was the right decision. And so we won't really know if he was a success or a failure as a CEO until we find out 
what those 10 to 15 live service games are and if that strategy works at all because you know they've talked a lot about what they're working on they just we haven't seen any of it yet but i would be very surprised if in the next couple of years we don't get a whole bunch of live service announcements from playstation we know exactly what they've been working on and that'll either be awesome and the new direction for sony where they've got lots of interesting live service games or it'll be super disappointing and then people will look at jim ryan and go wow he was the one who set up this avalanche and i, I agree that him leaving is maybe speaks to <laughs> how things are looking i don't really know uh but it's interesting i don't think the sure. pipeline is coming together i think you can see that from outside and i think the business choices that sony has made on the playstation side are questionable for at least a year now right we talked about the psvr2 here and i said that it was over engineered and it came out with no market to speak of and then now apparently no strategy to actually make that uh attractive to people which is crazy yeah uh crazy. so i mean like it, it does appear that the ship has been perhaps captainless for a time already um and then you got sony just absolutely attacking the microsoft activision deal in an unexpected way towards the end of last year which maybe bought them a little time but basically looked idiotic for most of us and certainly didn't engender any goodwill towards the people that were following that story too closely, I don't think. Uh, and so they made a number of interesting choices is, is what I'm saying. And so, yeah, usually when your CEO starts acting like maybe you need to put them in the retirement home for CEOs, it, it makes <laughs> sense for them to leave, but we have absolutely no optics. And if I'm at Sony, one of the things that I want to do is have some kind of event that says, Hey, PlayStation is still the place to be for the best games, right? Like you want to, want to make that clear to folks because as it stands right now i don't know what the heck i'm playing on my playstation in the near future call of duty for the next 10 years <laughs> there you go call of duty speaking of i didn't get to talk about it but uh i did get into the beta this weekend but i haven't played it yet so i was hoping to be able to talk about it today I wasn't uh, even in notes. oh did you play it <laughs> oh no i have not played the call of duty beta that doesn't sound like me at all um <laughs> no i, I want to I wanted to have a little section on resurrections because the other thing I would have talked about last week was how much I love cyberpunk 2.0. And yes, as it I happened, did mention it for you, but go ahead. As it happens, this last week also featured another resurrection that was a little bit unexpected. And I've been playing for the last couple of days, Redfall. Anybody remember yes. Redfall? Let's no. go. I, I think I blocked out that part of my memory. Do you want to bite I, back I, Travis? <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't love Redfall, but there's something there. And like I said, when I reviewed it and I reviewed it on PC, remember, um, and see, this is the reaction you get from people who haven't played it, which is annoying, right? This is the, this is the annoyance is that gonna, people judge a game I'm, that I'm they don't even play. Just for you. Have you played just it, Dan? Do I need to show you my clip? Not. I'm okay. Gonna, listen, I'm, I'm just, I was I'll, I'll refer to you that, to, the, to, I'll refer you to the short on season no. gaming. Channel, <laughs> I'm just playing around you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm playing Redfall because, quite frankly, I think it probably should have come out now when they could get to 60 frames, and October is a better month for it. Agree. Uh, but, but I like that vibe. I like spooky vibes, and I think that I think I mentioned earlier that Redfall is a better vibe for me than Death. Excuse me, Death Loop certainly. Um, but you tried to say a, Death Loop, and it just else, it happened. Yeah, no, no, the T came back. Like, no, don't okay. say Death Loop. Yeah, yeah. He had indigestion just mentioning Deathloop. <laughs> I don't love Deathloop, folks. I do love what Arcane, but I don't love Deathloop. And sorry, what, Dan? What else came with the with the update? Like you, you, you said it got Oh, updated, a lot. Right? It's a big update. 
yeah so it was like ai first. improvements character improvements pathing a bunch of stuff yeah i think the, the stuff you can lay at redfall's feet when it originally came out was the 30 frames felt awful and for the most part it felt like you were playing an old full motion video light gun game because they would just stand up and shoot at you and then you would just kind of pluck at them like you're playing targets um and they move around now um it's not super great it's not anything that you would like write home about as it were but it is fun and i think redfall at 60 frames per second in the current patch is is more fun than a lot of games that i've played this year so i it's it's nice to see these resurrections um cyberpunk 2.0 is my favorite game save ever and that includes final fantasy 14 because cyberpunk 1.0 and 1.5 which is kind of functional cyberpunk one i didn't like as a game right i think you've heard me sit here and say I was bored by it. The interactions weren't great. Um, and so it was a surprise to me when we went into 2.0 that the stuff that they changed, they fundamentally changed what game they made, right? So they, they, went to a, they went to a timed health and timed grenade model that only allows you to use certain things a certain amount of times before you upgrade them. And it creates this much more engaging gameplay loop that saves the whole game, right? Now you're looking forward to engagements. You're looking forward to figuring out how to get into that warehouse and save that person. I still don't think the storytelling is as strong in those bits, the what I call the the, the blue side quest bits, because they show up in blue on your map, as they are in Witcher. But they're not. It, it's it's fun to play now in a way that it wasn't before, and I am just totally, totally immersed in Cyberpunk 2.0 in a way that I never was before. And Phantom Liberty, Phantom Liberty is like. CDPR saying, you know what people really loved about Cyberpunk was this kind of cinematic engagement and huge missions and giant set pieces. And Phantom Liberty just says, yeah, let's just do that. It's just a giant stuff movie. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Hogue. I was just going to say, how far into actual Phantom Liberty are you? Um, let me see how I can describe this. Um, so obviously I haven't beaten it yet, so I can't kind of just do it in reverse. But I am three Idris Elba missions in. Did you get through the, um, how do I say this with no spoilers? I've gone to a party. Yeah, did you finish that whole thing? Mm -mm. I'm okay. in the middle of the party sequence. Okay, then you've, yeah, you got a little way to go. You got a little bit to go, yep. Uh, but Phantom Liberty is, is clearly big and expensive, and Dogtown's fun to explore and does feel like its own place. Uh, and so, yeah, Cyberpunk 2.0 is going to be one of my favorite experiences of the year. Good on you. Good on you. I agree with you, but then I stand cyberpunk for a while. In fact, one of the news things that came out, uh, CDPR uh, announced this week that uh, cyberpunk 2077, the core game has passed 25 million sales and Phantom Liberty in the first week passed 3 million sales as well. And it is actually cyberpunk. The game is selling at a faster rate than Witcher three would did which is kind of crazy. Now, Witcher 3 has continued to sell extremely well for years on end, so I don't know if also Cyberpunk will ever actually catch up to it. Yeah, like, I know Witcher 3 sold, like, better in, like, 2020 than it did in the four years prior. Like, it just kept accelerating. So we'll see how Cyberpunk does long-term, but 25 million sales, regardless, is super impressive. So, and 3 million in a week for Phantom Liberty. No, so. and it's a great foundation. I mean, it's... It was not something I expected to feel, but as you get to the end of Phantom Liberty or, or Cyberpunk 2.0, I was I was thinking, oh, it's a bummer that they can't do more 
expansions with this. They can't do more of what they had planned with this because it's a lot of fun to play. And Phantom Liberty makes you makes you wish that this had been the version that came out when it originally launched. Hmm. I uh, I, I want to see. Uh, uh, I hope. Yeah, I mean. As I'm in the same boat as Pogue. I know, I know you uh, liked it, Ains, but it really didn't click with me. And even the 1.5 I thought was good, but not like great. But 2.0, I've been replaying it, even though I just finished playing this game like a couple months ago because I beat it right before Phantom Liberty, thinking that I would jump straight into Phantom Liberty, and now I'm replaying it again because there's so many changes. And uh, something is definitely different with this one. There's still stuff I don't like, like walking around NPCs in the world feels really weird no, they're all crazy people especially the children i tweeted about Ains. the children scare yeah. me many times. They're, they're really supposed to be crazy it, it looks the like they, it looks like they, it looks like they shrunk an adult and they're walking around with like you know 30 years of trauma <laughs> on their face and you're like dude yep. what is up with these children just take the children out man it's not even realistic i live in a city i've never seen a kid in san francisco i don't think there's children here at all you guys can't I afford really, to have children in that city and that's actually decide, true when people have punk. kids they move out and i'm so happy for it because i've never had a movie or a and restaurant interrupted again by a child this, screaming. the Great. setting for this game is set it's a it's an old tabletop game like it is based I, in that you're universe. telling me that <laughs> no but i'm saying you people act like this is a game that's doing weird things or that it's miserable or that it's it's drab or i hear all these weird complaints oh, it's like that's the setting of okay. the game let me school you a little bit Cyberpunk 2077 is in the Cyberpunk Red universe, which is actually different from the tabletop I know that. universe. They have separate canons, and therefore, I do you could that. make creative liberties to make certain adjustments, as they yeah. did in various different areas to make it more of a video game and less of a tabletop RPG. And therefore, I don't know if it's a perfect excuse. Because they can't make is red, is red that, that wasn't That wasn't schooling at all. All you said was they could have done things differently. Well, I'm schooling you on the fact that they are there. You, you you said that it's a, the part of the tabletop universe. It is related, but technically it's well, a separate canon. Separate it has setting. a set canon and setting is what I'm saying. They did like CDPR didn't create it from scratch. It has things that they're from, working with. It. They didn't create it from scratch, but they had the they created a separate Just like canon Witcher for it. It's set. Yep. Witcher follows a lot more closely along with the book canon because the tabletop RPG is one setting. And the, re the reason you know this is because they actually released a separate version of the tabletop RPG called Cyberpunk Red that is the video game version of Cyberpunk. And so you can actually yeah. buy different versions of the setting. And so it's sort of like, you know... Um, D and D with uh, with uh, um, Baldur's Gate three. Like, there's a setting in Dungeons and Dragons, but Dungeons and Dragons also has the ability to basically be different settings whenever for whatever yeah. purpose you want to use it That's for. All so, forgotten realms, right? Yeah. yeah, it's all Forgotten Realms, different multiverse options, and so I think uh, I I I don't know. I mean, look, ultimately, I'm I'm arguing is was it a good idea to include children, which is a super <laughs> stupid argument. But my point my point is that they had creative agency to make that world kind of, of course. whatever they wanted so of course um george acosta says what's next for cd project so their roadmap is really clear they've actually been very transparent about that uh they are making two new witcher games actually and they are making another cyberpunk game um so they have some other things on there but you can find their roadmap online we might have it on the site actually but if you google it you can find their whole roadmap of delivery um 
What was I going to say? Last thing about, uh, damn it. Oh, uh, Cyberpunk. They announced this week, funny enough, there you go. They announced that they're doing a live action project. Um, no screenwriter details yet other than, other than it's set in the world of 2077, to your point, Travis. Um, but the production company that did uh, the TV series Mr. Robot and did the movie The Revenant is the production company they're going with to make this. So we'll see how this turns out long term. Rami Malik in CD Projekt Red Cyberpunk. There you go, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. Nice. I mean, I'm yeah. I'm excited for that. But they also announced Witcher, which we've seen neither hide nor hair of. So I'm I'm guessing that this is no, it's like taking a while. Twenty thirty. No, it, it'll be twenty seventy seven. CD Projekt Red didn't do Witcher though. The, the, no, they, announced, uh, they announced the new Witcher uh, um, game. Oh, Which game. I thought you meant Netflix, Witcher. I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm no. talking live action, live action. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Edge Runners, you know, uh, that was good, too. So it's a good uh, show. I did yeah. watch that. Actually, that's that's actually the show that made me want to give Cyberpunk another try. Like, I think I'm going to hop back <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, a little too cool. gratuitous for me, but we've talked about that before. It's pretty gratuitous. <laughs> it is. It, it is an intense show. I tried to watch it like casually and I was like, this show makes me sad. I think I'm going to. I'm not gonna watch this while I'm brushing my teeth before bed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not really good. Night City isn't the awesomest place to live. No, yes, definitely see? not. It's a setting. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. It, it is. Yeah. I mean, no, but it's actually, it's actually uh, cyberpunk is also a genre. Uh, so True. cyberpunk, cyberpunk was the original uh, incarnation of it, but since then, there's lots of cyberpunk settings that are part of the cyberpunk genre but not part of the cyberpunk universe and so i do think to your point Ains, there's a certain level of stuff you have to include for it to be cyberpunk i would describe the cyberpunk genre as being high-tech low life right there's lots of technology but yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. sad and that lives miserable lives that's <laughs> cyberpunk uh and so there's lots of cyberpunk settings i enjoy if you also like how it's like it's essentially like the the darkest part of the eighties mixed with future technology. You know, it's kind of this yeah. weird mix of things. It's uh, what they thought anyway. the future was going to look like in back to the future too. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But dark. yeah, exactly. But dark, yeah. 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 Night city. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When they do the, the offshoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only last thing I want to touch on today is about uh, we talked about layoffs uh, with Naughty Dog earlier, but more we talked about it more extensively last week when Hogue wasn't with us. But uh, a couple more this week. So Naughty Dog, of course, we already touched on, but Telltale Games as well. So Telltale Games, who obviously have this tumultuous history in the past several years, um, they are laying off well, some Telltale of their is, uh, current Telltale is just a licensee of the Telltale name, right? True. True. Yes. Um, but their uh, apparently expanse did not perform as well as hoped. They're laying off some people, but they have said that their current production pipeline, including Wolf Among Us 2, is unaffected, is what they said. So, uh, which is really what I mean, I'm waiting moved, for. Wolf Among Us 2. Up from question mark, question mark, question mark to question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty uh, much. Well, Wolf you Among Us 2, I, I did see that some people involved in that studio were being like, I, I don't know if that game's going to come out. I don't know. I hope so, man. That's really my favorite Telltale experience. Me too. Wolf Among Us is the best one, and I'm so I'm, good. We need to at least get a season two, and then if they need to go bankrupt again, that you know they can do it <laughs> or whatever. Company, different company. Well, you tell them that, Hogue. I was down at their office, and they're like, "We're back. We're Telltale," and I was like, "Whoa, you guys are 
Well, that's really the idea own. of buying the IP, but it's still a different company. That's like the news articles that say Toys R Us is coming back. It's like that's not exactly what happened. Yeah. Well, it's, Jeffrey it's never the, died in my of, heart. It's a lot of the same people. It's a lot of the same culture, and they they claim to uh, they they are very much treating themselves like they're the same company. If you if well, you I wish it. the Expanse had decided to tell more of a story. Really? Did I you finish it. it? I got to part four, and then I never downloaded part five. Yikes. Yeah. I like the first episode. That's all I played. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, I anyway, I, I forgot to mention, if you continue with Redfall, let me know, Ho, because as I wrote in my review, the second half of that game and the stories it tells are actually noticeably better than the first, which is kind of silly. Um, but I, I'm always curious to talk to people who actually got through the whole game because it is noticeable. So, yep, <laughs> you know, I had had it in my head that I had to get to Ains's legendary second half of Redfall. <laughs> legendary is a very bold choice of word there um calm down but it's <laughs> no, it's better than i've the been first enjoying time. my time with redfall the past couple days oh. so. i've been waiting to for the patch and Travis hasn't finished it either don't let him give you crap he, i have just... not finished it but i played like what 20 hours or something 25 hours during the review no period. you didn't yes i did i helped destin through almost that entire game yeah I, I yeah I really hated that game, but uh, it it uh it was mostly the shooting mechanics. Like the shooting mechanics are just really like subpar, especially for that studio. Not I great. was very surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean people it I is... think don't realize that that's not really like prey arcane, right, or dishonored, or it's 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 a lot of those people that were yeah. there when that game came out are gone. So now it's you know. It's, that, that that was the one thing you know I had to kind of take back because Prey is one of the my favorite games of all time. Praise is Praise an all timer. Yeah, and I, I and and it was it was just you know I haven't played it, so I'm I'm, I'm I was waiting for the patch. That's what I said I was going to do, and now I'm going to play it. So I'm excited to okay. try it out. It's is worth it, it still on Game Pass? Uh, yes, I mean, it's always it has to be right. Pass. Bethesda, yeah. Well, it doesn't uh, have to be. It doesn't have to be any but... other services, but it is. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I haven't played up the patch either. By the way, is that it has to be seems to be Xbox's strategy. Um, like I said, I played on PC and it ran, and that was never a problem with the game. Which I know I did play it on Xbox at launch, like just to see what the reviewers who reviewed it on Xbox were experiencing. It was night and day, like I didn't last more than an hour on Xbox after playing it on PC originally. So, I'm I'm hoping that this is much closer. Um, because it was it was fine. I never had any technical issues. It was super smooth, good frame rate, nice graphics. Like, all right, yeah. I'll give you that. I did play it on Xbox. It sucked. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. noticeably. I was playing with Miles uh, Dampier, who's been on the show a few times. Um, and we were comically laughing because he was sending me screenshots from the Xbox version while I was playing on PC. I was like, dude, mine doesn't look like that at all. Like, I don't know I like what's the, going on. I like the that. clarification that you were comically laughing. Just to say <laughs> comically laughing. Like, not not like maniacally laughing. laughing. <laughs> 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 no, it, it looks yeah. a lot better um, than it did. It, it plays a lot better. Cool. The areas are more populated. Okay, good. Guys, good. just like it, hold on to your games. Wait like just a little longer. Take your time. Fix them. Why, why, is that, why is, every, why is every game now? What's that? It's just super weird that the patch came out in October because it's like it's such a better October vibey game. Yeah, seriously, so we said that from the start. So many games are launching with, like you were just like that's the new model, man. Should have kept it for six more months. 
Should have kept it for six more months. I I think they were because remember it was originally announced for summer of 2022, last year, right? And uh, I think the delay they were just getting anxious about it. I don't know, but you do more harm than good releasing it in the state they did. You know? Yeah, because there was a whole group of people, probably including me, who were never going to give it a second chance because there's just too much other good stuff to play. Yeah, you only yeah. you only get one shot That's with true. old Trav, with old Thai guy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. I don't know. Got a couple also, super chats to get you one. Oh, it's hard. also it makes it really hard to review games when you release it, and then six months later, it's a completely different game. Just throwing that out there. Like it really sucks to be a reviewer who's got a video on YouTube that's going to be there forever, and it's a review of a game that is so significantly different from the one that it became after you finished it. Yeah, yeah, it's bothers insane. me personally. What are you supposed <laughs> uh, to do though in that case? You know, I mean. I mean, th- this is part of the review. You review a game at the time that it exists, the game that you played, and then you just have to right. kind of accept these days that no matter what, every game is changes. Even even games that you really like, they become something completely different down the road. Dude, I reviewed Fortnite. <laughs> that game did not have a battle royale mode when I reviewed it. You know what I mean? Like it was just a, it was a co-op, uh, um, a fort building uh, game, and it, now it's a battle royale. So this is the review. Look, I'll always think reviews have a very important place in the lexicon of gaming, but the model right now is really challenging because games constantly are changing and being updated, and it's just it's it's, it's really tough. hard to to pin a game down versus you know reviewing movies that never change unless you know it's Blade Runner and they come out with four different versions for some reason. <laughs> um, but yeah, unless you're Snyder, yeah, um, Snyder cut. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no. Yeah, and then even if it's not a live service game, you have all those uh, games like this, right? Every single techni- one. Technical issues, and yeah, it's just... Yep. One that yeah, I, mean, I have to deal with that's really common is when you review a game and it's got severe performance issues because you can't not comment on the fact that a game like hitches constantly and like hurts your eyes to play. But then, you know, you got to assume three, four months down the road, eventually they're going to fix it and it's a completely different game. And so it just makes it hard to review it. Jedi um, Survivor. Jedi Survivor is a great example of it. Um, and so I, I, the policy at IGN has been you review the game at the state it is when it comes out. And then if people still care in a year and there's enough changes to where it could theoretically to get a different score, then maybe you review it again. But uh, there is no perfect model. You know, the perfect model is would be to do a separate review every time they change anything. But that's not feasible. Um, and I also don't know how helpful it is to, to players anyway. So, that makes yeah. sense from a tech perspective, and I don't know that we see a lot of cyber, Cyberpunk 2.0s, but is there any notion of re-reviewing? It's a, it's, it's a new design. Yeah, I, my, my guess was, will, would be that uh, it, it probably will happen. The two criteria that we uh, evaluate is, is that enough has to have changed to where the score could be different, and then the second criteria is people still have to care by the time the new patch comes out. So I would say it probably meets both of those criteria, but uh, for... Um, this one, Phantom Liberty, we did a separate review for Phantom Liberty anyway. So I, I would say that's probably the the answer on that one. But if they had just done like a 2.0 that changed all the stuff and over a year had passed, my guess would be we'd, we'd probably be re-reviewing it. We've done that with No Man's Sky. I think No Man's Sky we reviewed three times. We reviewed it once every couple of years as it became a completely different game from launch. So yeah, because people still cared. Yeah, yeah so as an audience for sure. Mm-hmm. Got a couple of super chats to catch up on. Hit me, Dan. Mm, console peasant. 
<laughs> Go ahead, Travis. I'm on the chat. Life is but a mirage. <laughs> nice. Travis's yeah. audition for your next Baghdad based Assassin's Creed. Yes. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. This going to be a guy running around the streets just yelling mirage. mirage. <laughs> Thank you, Console Pheasant. Appreciate you. Older gamer here. Older gamer with a ten dollar Canadian. Thank you very much. I love The Last of Us and I love multiplayer games, but don't know if a Last of Us multiplayer game would have long term appeal. Sony yeah. overall has been quiet uh, in terms of first party titles and future releases. Very much so. Yeah, which maybe is a yeah. good thing. They could yeah. be surprising and delighting us. Who knows? Yeah, they. I mean, literally, they could do a state of the play early next year and blow us away. We don't know, but it, the track record of the last couple years i would say certainly hasn't lent to that um yeah i'm pretty sure older gamer if i recall i'm pretty sure you one of the ones that loved last of us 2 as well so even saying about long-term appeal for a multiplayer game you know um yeah i don't know to travis's point it, it seemed like a kind of an odd choice to begin with but yeah <laughs> i think it was I a terrible idea but yeah yep 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 uh, thank you for the super chat. As always, man, appreciate you. And uh, Gamefire, thanks for re-upping your membership over on the SG side. Thank you very much. Nice. All right, boys. I think that's going to wrap it up. We were going to talk some Diablo 4 as well. We got some big uh, news about Diablo 4. Uh, in terms of of season. Yeah, Season of Blood. I interviewed of... them this week. So Did you? I can yeah. Tell you. yeah, I talked to their, uh, their um, game uh, design leadership about the new upcoming season and the changes that they're making to uh the um sandbox and balancing and you know they're finally putting gems in your crafting materials as yeah. it should have been at the yep. start and stuff like that so it was a, it was a good interview we'll never do know you have a, an article or something going up on it i do yeah uh, the article's uh live already um and it includes quotes from the interview that we did with them and uh just news about what's going on with uh with that game but season the blood's looking good they're making some serious changes i asked them if they thought they shook the jello a little bit uh too hard when uh diablo 4 launched and uh, you know, it's a tough balancing act. I would say Diablo 4 is in a pretty rough spot right now. I think uh, one of the questions I asked them was about like interest in the game because uh, at the time uh, Diablo 2 was had more streamers streaming that game and Path of Exile had like 10 times more streamers streaming that game than Diablo 4. And so I just asked them like, what do you think that means? Did you shake the jello a little too aggressively? Maybe hide the fun from some people who were trying to do some crazy build crafting and um Turns out making a live service game is super hard. So I wish them best of luck, but uh, Season of Blood does look good. And I think they are making some really smart changes to the um, the meta and the loot game and the end game. They also, the main thing we focused on was the fact that now the grind from level 50 to 100 is going to take 40% less time because they are seriously yeah. improving yeah, the yeah. grind there. And I think that's going to be huge. Uh, they're also adding five new end game bosses, including um, one that is on par with the... Uh, the level 100 uh, version of uh, Lilith. Lilith. Um, so yep. yeah, they're, they're doing some, uh, some and kind of cool runnables stuff. too, I think. Right. Like they used to do yep. with Diablo two where you can run yep. and, you know, yep. Yeah. And, and there's also like a summoning ritual to get the boss to show up that requires hours of like prep where you have to get like yeah, they had a series of resource collection things, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So th I think there's some cool stuff there. It's a game I would definitely love to dive back into and maybe i will yep. do season of blood but uh it's just been so tough to find time to i've to never play. stopped even i know that's great man <laughs> Diablo that's great. Four. 
<laughs> I just don't get to we'll pick talk- which games I play anymore. It kind of sucks. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about Diablo Four, and as always, I love talking to that team. Um, they're still at it. They're plugging away. That, that nice. I'll tell you what. Say what you want about that game and whether it's in a good state or whatever. But their live service model is damn good. They've got, They've got three people teams cranking. working, yeah, cranking it out, constantly iterating, and and they're doing all of that while working on a big piece, big expansion in the future that's going to continue the the story uh, post the main campaign. And they also have a team that's trying to be the custodians of the game and make big updates that go alongside seasons. So they're doing, I mean, their, their live service model is like here to play. And I think that's huge. Is that why they divided it into a second live stream? They have another one on the 10th, right? Yeah. They, yeah. Said they had too much to share in one stream. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so. they their their live stream. Bef- I, I interviewed them before the live stream had happened, but I think they'd already recorded it. They're pre-recorded, um, or at what? least part of them are. Yeah, I mean that. I mean they knew how long it was going to be, so I assume it was pre-recorded. I did not watch the live stream because I had done the interview, so I already knew everything that was happening. But uh, yeah, um, it was. Uh, they're they're. I mean, dude, they're crushing it. Their live service team is like it's a reverse Halo Infinite, right? Like if they were unprepared, Look. these are like overprepared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to keep doing this with you. Halo taking the phrase, but I love the. Hey, look, I love Halo Infinite. Love so, it. In all seriousness, kills me. In all, yeah. no, no, no. Their live service is bad on year one. You keep like saying it's still bad. It's not still bad. Like you haven't. Even, when's the last time you played Halo? I mean, I yeah. No, 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 no. I, Answer the question. I don't want the answers. Answer oh, the question. He's getting all well, opposing counsel on you. Hold, hold on. I am. Hold on. Answer sir. the question. Hold on, sir. You do you do not need to play the game to know the status of their live service teams. Well, obviously Correct you or, don't or know the correct. status because you're misstating it. So I'm asking you when you would last experience it so you know what you're talking about. Okay. Well then I'll ask you a follow-up question and see if you want to answer it. How is there <laughs> You haven't there, answered my question yet? <laughs> that's my point. Uh, because ask, asking leading questions to try to get an outcome you like is a, a dumb thing. See, so uh, we'll just stop little, because you, you can't answer the question. So it's well, fine. Wait, wait, it's let me fine. let me answer with a question. How is their single player expansion coming along? That was canceled like a year ago. I rest my case. That what's what? that got to do with the multiplayer live I, service element? I didn't Hang say on. I didn't say multiplayer. I said live service overall. I'm including their single player, which they did not plan for and then canceled. Okay, so what have they released for multiplayer this year, Travis? I assume that they've released a bunch of seasons. You assume. Yeah. <laughs> but all I know is that they're, they didn't come with a plan and their, their game fell apart. And now we don't get single player experiences because they didn't even hire a team to do that. And we're using contractors. For, that's the, record, crazy. for the record. That yeah. So that, that's my point is that my, my point is that they, they didn't show that's up not with the, the entire game delivery of content though. Yeah, that's fine. But they didn't show up with their game with a plan to, support it in the future and now we don't get to see how halo infinite ends that well, sucks oh i mean we I may, maybe did. the next game yeah i, I hope you're right but i yeah my yeah. point is they're, they're a very good case alongside like <laughs> anthem of like not being ready for a pipeline yeah sorry what'd you say Hope? oh i said i think we do get to see how it ends i think we already did it ended Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I was I was I was very sure. excited for uh, Halo Infinite to be a part of my life for a long time, but you know it's like they're a great example of just not being ready for the pipeline, and I think that it sucks because I love that game I mean, and I would like I, to play it more. This is what I said when we talked about it last year, which is that it didn't seem ready to to tell a story at all, and you said, well, they're gonna they're gonna update it, and it never did. 
Well, um, what do you mean? In my defense, mean ready they to tell a story. What? The, the he doesn't like the base story. Garbage. Oh, oh come on. No, just it disagree. Is it is just disagree, man. It's just not. Halo Infinite does not remotely come close to the storytelling that the Halo series has traditionally enjoyed. I would. We 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 could take that offline, but I disagree entirely. And you're talking to a guy who lives and breathes Halo. Yeah. I, I, I really like see the, the thing that disappoints me because it seems like Hogue was going to be disappointed even if they nailed the live service because he didn't like the premise they were selling. But my my disappointment is is that I love Halo Infinite and I immediately saw the potential. And to me, it's it was one of the best foundations a live service game has ever had. And I was so excited for the future. And then I find out that they didn't have live service teams in place. On multiplayer or single player, which is why multiplayer took so long to ramp and then single player completely fell off the map. And that was like heartbreaking because I was rooting for that game to prove Hogue how wrong he was about the base game, right? And then <laughs> and then the and then the then the live service. I mean, this is the same story with the PSVR too, right? Hogue was like, you know, Sony's gonna screw this over. And I was on the being charitable to Sony. I think they have a plan, I think they're gonna come out with killer software, and it turns out. They had no software plan for PSVR 2. And now, you know, I, I was, I, I look like I was wrong, even though I think uh, in, in theory I was, I, I look like right like I was wrong. I mean, like, <laughs> you, you absolutely well, were wrong on the future of Halo and the future of the PSVR 2. But I, well, I, I my, like your optimism. I don't want that to be squashed. My, my, well, when we were debating about the PSVR thing, for example, I said, that it was either going to fail or succeed based on if the software was there or not. And it turns out the software wasn't there. So I don't I said know the if indicia, I... the indicia of the over-engineering and the price point and the market talk that we were getting suggested that they didn't have a good handle on what they even wanted to deliver. I mean, yeah, like so... you, can, you can read the room, which is what sure. I did. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you read the room. That's fine. But if in, in my defense, if they, if there had been killer software there, the fate of PSVR two, I think would be different. And so you were saying it was bad just from a premise perspective. And I was saying, I think it's all going to come down to software. And if the software is there, this thing's going to be awesome. It turned out the software wasn't there. Same thing with Halo Infinite. Like I loved Halo Infinite, but it was on the caveat of if they can nail live service, this is going to be amazing for years to come. And it turns out that they didn't nail the live service. So I just think it's, you know, out of the gate. It, yeah, it, it just it. They have now. So multiplayer live service in Halo, I would argue is it's is as good if not better than almost every other multiplayer game out there right now they've and delivered I, over I, 40 maps this year i've not 40. played a, i've not played a lot of it but i've seen from the outside the regular updates and stuff and it looks great yeah. but that's half of their live service model that they proposed i'm not disagreeing on the single player yeah. component yeah but it just sucks yeah it's a shame we're not getting that they introduced a new sure. enemy faction and we don't get the i don't know if that's a spoiler at this point but yeah, well, it just sucks yeah, that you don't get to really see how that ends. That story. I mean, I I talked about this. You're assuming that though, like they, they're they they're working wave. on the next campaign, so it may continue the story. It just. Won't I hope be you're enough. right. Yeah. I, I mean, right. maybe, or they'll just hand wave it like they did the Cortana Rebellion. Uh, we dealt with that. Now gorillas. <laughs> it's a fair point. That's I'm, not. A fair I'm point. still. I'm. I'm still on. He said now Halo. gorillas as if the brutes were not a huge part of the overall Halo universe this whole time. Okay, but but they did that 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 transition did feel like a a hand waving away of the in, stuff that they'd built in up in five four game. Yes, in because the I'm one of those guys, Halo universe. No, I, I'm one of those guys who feels like Halo Five Guardians is 
story mode would have been vindicated retroactively this. if Halo 6, if it got a sequel, if there was a Halo 6. And the fact that they didn't, yeah. I think we'll never know the answer to that question. Um, but yeah, it's... I, I get I get where Hoax is coming from, but I, I disagree completely that the campaign wasn't awesome. It was one of the best shooter campaigns I've played in such a long time. I love that. I love that campaign, which is why I was so excited for the live service and why I feel so let down because obviously I love Halo multiplayer, but I feel like you, for me, you need the campaign to kind of ground you and keep you in that world. And I, I didn't get that. So I fell off the multiplayer pretty hard. That's, that's how also, I, I don't, I don't know if that's, well. I, I would disagree, but that's fine. It doesn't I mean, matter. that's just how I feel about multiplayer games is that I have to, if have you think about all, but if you think about all the games that release with a campaign and multiplayer, all the all the competitive Call of Duty, Gears, Halo, any game in that model, very few of them continue single player. You get your campaign, Destiny. and then right. the multi Destiny is not in that model. Getting middle and end. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's the same model. It's a it's a live service game with Destiny a doesn't have multiplayer. It's got a joke, is what it has. I mean that now you're being hyperbolic, but I mean it, it it has the same model where they they don't do a great job of supporting their multiplayer. I'll give you that, but they have the same model of people care about single player story and campaign, and people care about uh, competitive, and they try to support both in the long term. Uh, I I agree hey, with you that Destiny, Halo is Destiny held is more Halo like is held a to a MMO light. That's what Destiny is. It's right, not I mean, Halo is not an MMO at all, though. Yeah, no, I exactly. Get that. But, That's my point. But so what I was difference? agreeing with Travis on is that those campaigns are useful to keep you in the world where you care about the arena shooting. And if you don't, it doesn't work. Why do I not like Halo Infinite? It isn't because I didn't enjoy certain aspects of the multiplayer. I played it a couple times and it's like, yep, that's cool. Uh, but there was no game there for me to latch on to. So, what, so let me say this. What Halo continued this story for you previously that you love so much? Well, I mean, the best Halo is Halo 2. No, no, no. You, the question. Uh, what yeah. what prior uh, Halo game gave you a continuation again, of the story I'll, that kept again, you I'll engaged? Your question, I'll answer your question with a question. What what previous Halo, Halo two game had what story expansion after the campaign launch? What previous no, no. Halo game no, was again, a live service game? That the answer that. to your question is that most of these games have Halo two is probably not the greatest example of this. A beginning, middle, and end. Right? Which Halo <laughs> two didn't have, <laughs> by the way, because it got not, cut. That's not but, a good answer. Yeah. No. Halo, Halo 2 had a story, though. It talked about the Arbiter and it talked about things that were interesting that kept you in the world. Halo Infinite just doesn't have a good story. Well, that disagree. Okay, so we're we're all the way back over here. You said to keep you, you said that what would have kept you engaged in Halo Infinite is if they continued the story post the campaign. And then you well, said Halo 2. Said. I, I, I said that it needs something in the campaign to keep me latched into that world. And certainly okay. what they provided in the Infinite campaign is not that. Okay, that's fair. For you, that's fair, yeah. My, my, my argument was more just that, like, I love both parts of the Halo campaign. And it was such a blow to see that half of it, especially the half that set up like a promise for the future of it not only wasn't happening, at least so far as we can tell, but also that they didn't even have a plan for it. I agree with you. I just, I I just, it just, it hit me so hard that I was just like, dude, I, I don't know if I can hop back in that said, I mean, this, the multiplayer is still the best multiplayer shooter game you can play right now. Like period. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I completely agree when we heard that the single player had been, um, you know, kind of let down long term. I was devastated. I, I really wanted that. But the fact that they didn't plan for it, though, that's what really hurt. I agree. I agree. My, but, my only point was, if you look at that kind of foundational game, right, that, that's always been the, in, in not just Halo, in many other games, you get your campaign, 
right? And then you get your multiplayer, which is played for years until you get the next campaign. But the promise was that it would continue. I, I realize that's, that's what my you're point. Saying. Is so that this I is different that. than any other Halo game because the, the game's called Halo Infinite. They planned yeah. on it to go, and the story is also predicated on the fact that it's sort of the, a beginning, right? Like the the reason the campaign worked for me is because it kind of ends right at the beginning of the story, and then it kind of it sets up like this hopeful future of what the future of Halo is going to be. In the same way that Diablo Four's campaign kind of ends at the beginning of like this new era in sanctuary and uh one of those games seems to be doing a really good job of planning for that follow-up and one of those games didn't even have a plan and no, that that i think got it, wrecked. <laughs> that's that's how i think that's that's gonna make or break live service games and that's my point in all this i'm not trying to drag halo infinite down i i love that game still even even with the the fact that they didn't plan for it but uh it is a great example and one that i like to bring up of have it doesn't matter how good your game is if you make a live service game and you do not plan or set yourself up for success, nothing else really matters because you're going to get hit real hard. Yeah. And I'll just say yeah. Diablo four again. Diablo four is very good. <laughs> Although it's a great, it's I, a great much, game with a great live service model. So the, the stars have finally aligned, you know, as, as much as halo two is an all time. Great. Like all time. One of my favorite games of all time, Hogue. It is pretty funny to talk about that being the pinnacle of story <laughs> when literally not quite literally no i i felt no, no, for halo, halo I, mean. 2. I, I felt betrayed at the end of halo 2 as well as at the end of legacy of kane soul reaver those are not good production pipelines they don't lead to what they're supposed to yeah they but literally cut I a third love of that game halo 2's story and i had no problem with the ending i get that it was a cliffhanger but i was sort of like i don't know i was a kid when that game came out so maybe i was just used to you know the the guy's hanging on the cliff at the end of the episode and it rolls credits you know that's what it felt like to me but i love halo 2 like a gi joe ha yeah halo 2 is exactly. halo 2 is epic uh by the way I, I meant to shout out we got into the halo discussion i meant to shout out destin swung by here um oh. just to say hello to everyone and to let him know that he to let us know that he loves forza so i told him to uh have to get him added so that uh we can compete on time has he still been playing forza more than you Oh no, I was way ahead of him in terms of player okay. level. I was. I don't know if I still am. I don't know. Didn't didn't you say during the review period that he had logged like more hours than anybody else or something like that early Not, on? No, no, I was ahead okay. of Destin. Um, th no, I was talking about a a friend of mine who's on the Forza test team. Um, uh, like we're all like right now we're all in like forties to seventies player level. My one buddy's a hundred and sixty something. Like it's not even close. Um, cool so Justin, if you ever want to come on the show let me know buddy i got you yeah always an open invitation yeah. so all right i did not expect to end this week with a halo infinite discussion but here we are my service um, conversations man i'm always gonna pay the <laughs> do it <laughs> um so by the way um of course our forza and uh mirage what what travis what's the game called mirage Thank you. Uh, reviews are up on Season Gaming. You can check those out. Uh, I am doing an article to just compare Gran Turismo 7 and Forza, not in a what's better, but more of just like, well, here's the features this game has, here's the features this game has, which one you may like. Um, yeah, I know, I know. You try to keep it, but anyway. Kaskov's coming back this week, and then, of course, next week we'll be talking more on Diablo 4, the details of what was shared. Uh, we'll be talking about Lords of the Fallen. Very excited for that one. Travis will be able to talk about his review. We can talk about the SG review. Yeah. Um, and obviously, anything that happens this week, I'll also be able to talk about Modern Warfare 3 at that point as well. Travis, what you got? Uh, yeah, Lords of the Fallen review will be live on the morning of uh, October 12th. Um, uh, it's Thursday finished. 
Thursday. Yeah, that review's finished. I just need to uh, I think. go through edits and get the video written and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it should be Thursday. Because I think it, it's one of those games with, quote, early access the next day. I think it comes out on the 13th, um, officially. So, um, could be wrong about that. I don't really look into how games are launched. <laughs> uh, no, it launched uh, on the 13th for everybody, I believe. Okay. Friday. Wait, it's coming out on a Friday for everyone? Uh-huh. Okay. Unless I'm losing my mind, I'll check. Go ahead, keep talking. Well, well I'm going to hit embargo, so that's good. Uh, and then um, my next review is unclear. It's either going to be a Sonic game or the Return to Moria uh, uh, Lord of the Rings Minecraft game. Uh, I'm not sure. And then uh, do I have any big reviews for the rest of the year? I think Lords of the Fallen is my last big review of 2023. I was hoping you are going to review Avatar. I don't think so. I would <laughs> review it. I would review it, but I don't. I don't think I'm on that one, and I'm definitely not on Alan Wake too because I think that game's already being played. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I will be playing Alan Wake too. I wish I was reviewing it. My most anticipated Two weeks, game. So I looked at this. I looked should at... play Alan Wake too. I'm. I'm not going to be. I can't play it that first weekend. I, Ooh, am, I have a family engagement. Nice. Uh, I am definitely going to be playing it that weekend. Sounds and like I'm you need be to sending you spoilers uh, for sure. <laughs> letting you know all the twists. Unfollow um, Travis. Got it. <laughs> but yeah, I did look in the, the I looked in the Excel spreadsheet for reviews for uh, for the site, and uh, there were like six names on that one. So I think it's a little too competitive for old Travis to get a shot at it. <laughs> Pick up Frontiers of Pandora. You can compare yeah. the Avatar, the last Airbender game to Frontiers of True. Pandora. What a review. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> which, which Avatar is best? Once and for all, definitive. I reviewed Far Cry 6. I feel like I should review Avatar, considering yeah. it's Far Cry Avatar. Um, all right, Travis, thank you. <laughs> oh, what you got, man? Yeah, well, I'm I'm back in town. I, I <coughs> was away for a week, so we'll be doing Hangouts and Headlines again over at the YouTube channel. Uh, and we might do some virtual legality. It looks like the Microsoft deal might well close this week. Yeah, I think it will. So Activision Blizzard King, by the time we talk again next, might be a Microsoft company. So that would be a big deal for a lot of people I know. And I think that that's reasonably likely to happen now because they still have that contract date of the 18th. So this is the week that you'd ordinarily organize it for if you were, okay. if you were setting up a closing. Generally speaking, the lawyers would say, all right, end of day Friday. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So on the 13th, right as Lords of the Fallen comes out. (laughs) Well, I I think traditionally businesses would probably avoid closing their mega deal on Friday the 13th, but you don't know. (laughs) That would be the spookiest thing to do. It is October, Hogue. I know how you love spooky stuff. I do love spooky stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Good man. Best month of the year. All right. Dan, Bears, are they winning? They're going to (laughs) win. They won their game Thursday. They played already. That's right. Unfortunately, they won, a, they won an NFL football game. Listen, here's the thing. I was very conflicted. We lost the great big buckless buckets this week. Number 51 yep. middle linebacker. The prototype is what I call him. That's what uh, my old soccer coach used to call me because I was very physical on the defense. The prototype? <laughs> no. Buckus. Buckus. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so I, I was I was cheering. I was, I was like, gosh, I really want them to lose every single game. Uh, to potentially get a decent draft pick, um, and but but I, I I couldn't argue. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, I thought the Bears would lose every game. I related to. And you I go one in fifteen, you still get a good draft pick. Yeah. You'd be all right. I'm really I'm Carolina and uh, Chicago. 
just go down the tank because Bears had both of those first round picks. Uh, one and two would be really nice with uh, Caleb Williams and uh, what's his face from Ohio State? Oh, Marvin Harrison. I'm with you, Travis. I have no idea who yeah. he's talking about. I want he wants the quarterback guys. from USC and the wide receiver from Ohio State. Yes, I do. Okay. Ideally. Yeah, that's what I would like. Uh, but yeah, I'll be honest, I'm, go I'm watch... just staring into the abyss right now. I'm I'm floating in a crystal above the abyss right now. That's <laughs> what I'm doing while you guys talk about Silent sports. Oh, yeah. no, Silent Hope has one of my favorite prompts because when you jump into the hole, it's it, the, the prompt is gaze into the abyss. It's like, yep, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but yeah, football the day. Should be in there. <laughs> Which of us hasn't? <laughs> all right boys chat you've been great today as always thank you thank you to anyone checking us out post the engagement continues to be really high so thank you for that other than that we will see you next sunday obviously a lot to talk about next week should be a good one we will see you then have a good week enjoy your sports balls enjoy your games talk to you then peace